taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, uh, we had very interesting conversations before. We had like 18 conversations before we started recording this. Uh, but the one that I did want to talk about is people making bad decisions. Um, That's so broad. No, it's extremely broad. <laughs> but I, I, Because I, yeah. everybody makes bad decisions no, no, absolutely, there are absolutely. very few people on planet earth who are right now making good decisions yeah i mean one would be me would fair enough uh <laughs> no but um what i mean is in the setting of a group if you're in a group of people who have to decide something and somebody within that group suggests something stupid i don't know i sometimes i think that the penalty should be stoning you should you should be able to stone somebody whoever whoever had that terrible idea just let's take you out in the middle of the street and just throw stones at you. Yeah. You know, stoning actually wasn't a bad form of punishment. Mm-hmm. The problem was people throwing multiple stones <laughs> and then the eventual killing of somebody. But like if let's say you did something stupid and then you had to one person could throw a stone at you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, bring that back. That you you learn a fucking lesson if you said if you were in a meeting right with like your coworkers and you said something so profoundly stupid yeah. that everyone in the room collectively agreed yeah one stone for Jim and then they 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 took they took Jim out back and then somebody got to hit him with a stone I guarantee you Jim would be a changed man no absolutely uh, I think that's uh, that's exactly what we need to do we need to bring back stoning um, but but really like what I'm trying to drive at here is is like. Why sometimes when you're in a group of people, something that just seems like a patently bad idea that everybody could pretty much unanimously, like if you were to take a poll in the room right now, we'd all vote that this thing is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why then is it entering your brain as something to do? But where is the miscommunication here? A group of people, surprisingly, it's it's dumber than a single person, right? <laughs> sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, if sometimes. Sometimes. Obviously, in context, right? Yeah. If there are 10 people in a room, the, that collective 10 people in some situations can be dumber or slower, I should say, than if they were just the one or two people, right? Because everybody in the group is weighing, oh, should I say this? Should I not say mm. it? I don't want to be the first to say it. Yeah. Uh, who else in the room is thinking what I'm thinking? And then especially in like the work environment, right? There's like, oh, you have to be respectful of your coworkers. Like, I don't want to, you know, mess up any like work relationships that I have. Uh, or some people just don't care. So they don't say anything. Yeah. So I think it's like the group is the problem. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I, th- I think it's, it's, Maybe, maybe nobody's forced you to look at the thing different than how you have been looking at it in your mind, right? Like nobody's challenged you on the thing. So you just go through thinking, oh, this is a bright idea. But you've somehow missed like this very obvious flaw in that idea. Um, it happens to me all the time. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it happens to me all the time where I think something, oh, my, this is genius. And then somebody will say something. And I'm like, Oh, no, this oh, wait, is the, no, this this is the dumb. dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I should immediately abandon this idea. But my, I think my my chief, my chief strength in in those type of settings is that I try not to say it unless I'm sure yeah. that this thing is at least somewhat of a good idea. I usually, I want to say I do, but I, I could be wrong. 
<laughs> no, no. That, that, what you said was brilliant, right? Because that that means you're and, and that's what happens, yeah, you're right? Self-reflective. That's and that's what happens in in like a lot of times these group situations. Like someone will say something stupid, and someone will want to say like, "No, that's that's stupid." But then they'll be like, "I can't be rude." Me. Yeah. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I usually, particularly in a group setting, I usually try not to say anything unless it has value. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't do that where it's like, I'm just going to either say what comes to my mind, even though it has no value and it's kind of stupid or some people just don't say anything at all. What if it's like a judgment thing, meaning that this thing that you, like it's a, it's a, it's a like say we all had to make a decision, right? And you, we had like three options and you choose option A, which everybody can, uh, uh, like if we, again, if we took a poll of the place, everybody would be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We're not doing option A. You should be tarred and feathered and stoned as well, as we yeah. already uh, talked about. Um, the funny thing about that, right? Like when we talk about group mentality, mm-hmm. like if, let's say you have three options, right? And there's a group of 10 people in the room. Mm-hmm everybody will choose their option kind of based off of the vibe mm. of the group. Especially true, especially yeah. if it's like, you know, vocal, like outward voting. But if everybody had to like quietly go to their corner and choose their thing, you'd, you'd probably yeah. get different results than if everybody had to say their answer out loud. Yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely the case. And, and that was sort of, I'm saying this because of something I just experienced recently. And my suggestion was, why don't we do it so that nobody has to like, feel a certain way like we don't do this live we do this like through like fuck it do it live <laughs> <laughs> bill o'reilly these thing up um no but uh yeah because it's like i feel like people act much differently when they know wait nobody's gonna see this shit right yeah yeah fuck that <laughs> and you know what like and, and people even i mean behavior is so interesting like people change their behavior when they're in a group setting mm-hmm. people change their behavior even in like online voting, like a survey, right? People yeah. vote in a way that, or, you know, will give their opinions in a way that they feel reflects the values that they want to emulate. Yeah. But it doesn't always reflect their current their or true actual values. actual value. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even in anonymous surveys, like people will <laughs> be lie the, sometimes be because they feel like the survey isn't truly anonymous. Mm, okay. Behavior is, so, yeah. like, people's behavior is so funny sometimes. Yeah, uh, what I'm the, very honest in anonymous surveys. <laughs> I think I, I try to be very honest no matter what. I think I try to like not be rude, mm-hmm. but I do try to be honest. Like even like so, for instance, like on job applications, they'll have you do these stupid ass like. What kind of person yeah, yeah, would yeah, you yeah. call yourself a leader? <laughs> uh, it's like I, even then, I do try to still be uh, be honest. But I think uh, I think the doors said it best when they said people are strange yeah yeah you know it's funny whenever uh i've like done and especially as of like late right the past few years like whenever i've filled out like an online job application i'll usually list that i'm a white male right <laughs> <laughs> you're in the door you're get that, hired get that extra foot in the door and then like if it's if if it says like oh are you willing to relocate i'm like yeah sure no i know but we'll have that conversation in person <laughs> uh, do you think that actually affects it um I mean, it's hard to say, I guess. Yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't have I've, any. I've not yet been been uh, homeless and unemployed for like extended periods of time without like choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, as so. long as on the rest so of far, your, so your application, you don't, you know, they don't ask you, hey, do you like fried chicken? And you say, yeah, nigga. Yeah. 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 But that could be a dead giveaway. Funny story. So <laughs> yeah. a woman in Australia yeah. just got put in uh, prison for like 24 months for lying on her job application. Well, she. 
she'd that applied to and actually got a government job. Oh, you know, I think I did hear about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. she like lied about her education. Everything, she lied yeah. about her qualification. She pretty much lied about everything. Even yeah. her like LinkedIn profile picture was like a picture of Kate Upton. <laughs> so she lied. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But if you got hired for the position, that's not on you. That's on whoever's hiring you. Yeah, that's if, on if you whoever's come in and, and your LinkedIn profiles a picture of Kate Upton, and you come uh, in and you brunette, you're not Kate Upton, not at all beautiful. Then, or then that's shape. on me yeah. not figuring that out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> then the if person fact, who hired you probably fact, just wanted to sleep with you. Fact, so even like, if, come in. if if you're not if you're not uh, if you don't have the skill set for that specific job we're hiring you for. There's clearly something else that you should be doing within our organization because clearly you've got something going on yeah. for you. If you can fool me into still hiring you, even though I know for a fact you are not Kate Upton, yeah. you should be in like in like uh, like IT preventing like security threats or whatever. You, you gotta be. You fooled me. You can fool yeah. other people in our network. We need you on our side so you can detect threats. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fade Podcast. Yo, 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 it's your boy, T.O., as you know. It's your boy, O-Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking Fade Podcast, the one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and formulated, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about, coming to you live and direct, mm-hmm. pre-taped and direct. And this is your WNP <laughs> special edition that's hey. for Wednesday night podcast. Yeah, yeah, you lost me on that one. I didn't know where you were going. Yeah, I was yeah. very lost. I can't, I, I can't. I try to brand it. Yeah, you got to yeah. brand everything. <laughs> you know how they do like... Uh, TNF Thursday Night Football or, yeah. or MNF Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. And then recently they've started trying to brand um, Sunday Night Football. Like they haven't recently started. Branding. Well, I mean, they've they call it Sunday Night Football, right? Yeah. But, but they've recently trying to. They've recently been pushing the SNF Sunday Night Football, which guess, does yeah. which doesn't sound as cool. And they just realize MNF or just TNF dumb and just need uh, fucking <laughs> <laughs> give them letters, not yeah, words. Just, yeah. <laughs> They'll tune in if it's yeah. three letters, you know, nothing more. <laughs> so this is, uh, we're going to call this WNP. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday Night Podcast. There it is. Hey, yeah. bam, bam. It's a thing. Um, we're going to copyright that shit. Yeah, you got to. You got to, right? Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, to the Fade Podcast. We are coming to you somewhat live and direct from the Heart Studios, Baltimore City. What the fuck is up? Um, so, uh, you know what? We have no fucking time to waste, although we just wasted like 10 minutes talking about yes. utter nonsense. Um <laughs> But uh, we're going to jump right into the shits with uh, what we got coming out this week uh, in terms of films in theaters. Okay. Um, the first film we're going to talk about here is uh, we have the sequel to 2017's Jumanji. Yes. That was 17, right? I that believe so. Came out? Uh, right now we're just taking guesses. I have no idea uh, if it was 17 or 18. It can't be 18, right? I can't. I'm pretty sure it was 17. Yeah, because there's no fucking way one they came out. They just came out. out. Yeah. <laughs> unless they unless shot it the, back to back. Yeah, unless <laughs> Dwayne Johnson has cloned himself. He's done a lot of work in that time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we have uh, Jumanji, The Next Level, um, which, uh, of course, as you just mentioned, stars uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, as well as Karen Gillan. Um, and, of course, Kevin Hart and Jack Black. Uh, as well as newcomers, I think Danny DeVito and um, uh, 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 Danny Glover. Yes. Um, and uh, this is being directed by Jake Caston, uh, 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 and is based on the original story of Jumanji by Chris Van Alsberg. Um, this is due out December 13th, which is, of course, this Friday. All these movies are... I don't know why I keep saying that. Like, it's different dates. 
like they're all showing on the same fucking day. I don't know why I keep yeah, saying it. It's important to be correct, right? Uh, apparently, like, to be yeah. direct and clear. Yeah, Friday, the day, the time, all that. Yeah, yeah. Give them everything. I, I don't know what when this is playing, but <laughs> yeah, give them everything. But yeah, uh, <laughs> at eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> it's all every all of them are playing at eight o'clock. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't really think we need this. Uh, but then again, I wasn't really into the first Jumanji. Um, even th- I'm talking about the Robin Williams one. Um, I didn't think no, you even needed it. No, no, no. See, that I wasn't into it. Wasn't into it. Uh, you were a kid. You didn't know what you were fucking into. Yeah, it was uh, good. Yeah, the I, Robin Williams one was good. Okay, fair enough. But I damn sure didn't need this one. Uh, oh fuck no! no. Uh, the no last one, one that this. came out in 17. But it is what it is. We got it nonetheless. No one needed it. The Rock was just like, "How much are you gonna pay?" Yeah. Uh, and then he, he to do another movie with Kevin Hart. <laughs> like, sure, because yeah. you know they're like really genuinely good, good friends. friends. Yeah. So any movie they can do together and cash in an easy check. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. They'll do. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's move on here. Very Question quickly. though. Sure. Do these kind of movies diminish? I mean, they don't diminish his bank account or his income, right? But Clearly. do they diminish The Rock as a legitimate actor? I don't think he gives a shit. I don't think he cares. As well as I don't think he should care, right? Like, what, what does it fucking matter if people consider you, a, you know, a proper actor if you're like, that's not clearly the movies that you've done aren't to that effect, right? Like, you're not. You're not fucking make making. Uh, yeah, like he's Roma. never going to play like a. Uh, you know, detective, right? Like a, I mean, or, ser- a serious detective solving uh, a murder and un- uncovering a corporate scandal, right? Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> it's too fucking big. No, I'm saying even if he did do that, like his goal isn't to fucking like win an Oscar or some shit. His goal yeah. is just to like whatever. I'm doing movies. I don't care like if if you're gonna nominate me, which honestly is kind of the attitude I'd have is like you can't if you're if you're basing your entire fucking career around am I nominated for an Oscar this yeah. year? You're, you're, you're chasing because Meryl Streep is clearly going to be nominated every, every fucking, fucking year, year for yep. it and probably going to win. And then what I, what I'm saying by saying that is, is like, like the rationale for who gets chosen for what is not science. So even yeah. if you are the greatest and uh, fucking you're, you're, you're a thespian, you know, you're, yeah. you're an actor's actor. And I mean, and he even said that himself. I forget what award show um, that I think I showed you the clip of it online where he he was giving this speech about how, you know, in his early years in Hollywood, people thought like and even he thought like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a bigger guy. So I'm gonna have to do these types of roles or I can only do these take on these types of projects or, you know, I always have to play this type of character. Right. Mm. And then he was like, over time, he realized that he's not going to like conform to Hollywood. He's going to make Hollywood conform to him. And Mm. he is now the biggest movie star on the planet, highest grossing actor on the planet. So, I mean, you might be right. He probably doesn't give a fuck as long as the check is right. And the project is fun. Yeah. Who cares? Fuck it. Yeah. Why not? All right. uh, Let's move on here uh, to, uh, another movie coming out this Friday. Friday. He might care. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, he, he might be Tom Brady, uh, and we, we got to move on to the next. Yeah, one we're here. gonna but move the, on. Quickly. The, the the he might be Tom Brady, and that if Tom Brady moves to another team, it's because he's trying to prove, oh, I can do it. You know. Yeah. So he might try to prove, hey, I can act when I when I want to act. But other than that, I just give me cut me the fucking check, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right. What else we got? All right. Uh, and I did not say the. Uh, hold on. Let me give the. Um, Oops. 
Let me give the uh, synopsis for this Jumanji film because I forgot to. Uh, uh, when Spencer goes back yeah, into the fantastic, <laughs> when Spencer goes back into the fantastical world of Jumanji, pals Martha Fridge and Bethany re-enter the game uh, to bring him home. But everything uh, about Jumanji is about to change as soon uh, as they soon discover more obstacles and more danger to overcome. Okay, I just felt like I had to get that out. All right, now we have uh, the film uh, Black Christmas. Uh, which is, uh, I was very confused when I saw what this was, but when I heard the name, I was very dismayed. I was like, oh, okay, this is like, you know, black nativity, you know, we're gonna, yeah, uh, no, nothing to do with that. Uh, so Hawthorne College is quieting down, uh, for the holidays. One by one, sorority girls on campus are being killed by a stalker, but the killer is about to discover that the, uh, but but the killer is about to discover that this generation's women aren't willing to become hapless victims as they fight back. Um, this is directed by Sophia Takal uh, and is um, written by Takal as well as April Wolf and stars uh, Imogen Potts, which I'm actually a big fan of Imogen Potts. She, uh, she's done a lot of great work. Uh, Brittany uh, O'Grady, O'Grady uh, and Carrie uh, Elwes. Um yeah, this uh, this looks like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just it looks <laughs> like you're a not movie. gonna see it. Yeah, it looks like a um, movie. So I, I, I guess know. I feel like a dick for for thinking about this and bringing it up. But like this just reminded me of a uh, comedian Godfrey when he was talking about the whole. Um, <sighs> Yeah, uh, what was her name? I, Gina, I, I, Gina look, Rodriguez. Thing. We can shit on this movie properly without you having to bring that up. That's it's that's a, funny, it's such though. a lame. It, it's funny. It's so it's funny. lame, dude. It's uh, oh, women don't you know they can't kick and punch because like well, you now, know, now, something, now granted something. he wasn't saying that women can't lead action movies, right? They most sure. definitely can. But one of the things he was saying, and, and I think it's somewhat true when you look at um. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Ruby Rose as Batwoman, right? Uh, we watched the episode the other day. Where it's like, I think she like beat up like eight guys in, in this scene. In but the that's show. never my my opposition to what's going on. Like I, I genuinely don't understand that argument based on any other film we've seen with any other dude. Forget Arnold Schwarzenegger. Forget Sylvester Stallone. No, yes. No, no. What I'm saying is okay. Again, I, I point no further than. Uh, uh, um, Matt Damon as Jason Bourne, right? Like, can he take out a fucking entire squadron of dudes? No. No. But did we believe it? Yeah. But like, but like, uh, Godfrey's, there's no reason Godfrey's to point argue was like, if you're gonna cast, um, you know, a, a lot of these like big time um, female leads in these like action movies, right, are like usually like these like thin white women, right? And it's like he was like. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna do this, right, mix it up a little bit. Like get like like not. I'm not gonna say real women in there, but get di- a diverse well, uh, group so, of women so, who so can lead these movies, uh, like you Hispanic have, women and black women. In, in, in Fast and Furious, they have uh, what's her name? Who's uh, who plays Letty? In, Michelle uh, Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez, right? Who. I wouldn't want to go 10 rounds with Michelle Rodriguez. She looks like she could fuck me up. Uh, and then also within the context of Fast and Furious, they had uh, Ronda Rousey and then the other lady who's a, a USC fighter uh, who's in, I think she was in six. I think she was in Fast uh, and Furious six Carano. or seven. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. I have no idea. Um, yeah, but she's also from USC. She fucking threw who down. Who's in The Mandalorian? The oh, yeah. With that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fourth, uh, that was her? Yeah. I didn't even recognize her. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Big but, as fuck. Uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to scrap with her either. <laughs> no, you know? I definitely wouldn't want to scrap. So with it's like, yeah, like Rhonda, like, yeah, yeah, because she's got no head movement, right? Um, but Gina Carano, <laughs> yeah. who actually Rhonda beat Gina Carano this year, yeah, and then yeah. Gina retired, and then 
Holly Holmes beat Ronda and then Ronda retired. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's ever a loving circle of retirement. <laughs> um, but no, this movie, it sounds cool. I'm no, not going to fucking see it. I'm saying that the, the premise of it kind of sounds stupid, but it, it, it's one of those sort of like, you know, holiday. And I'm not used to saying like Christmas. I'm, I'm talking about just like, you know, around Valentine's Day, they also come out with these like horrible films that are like, you know, that aren't really horror films. They're kind of just like almost like thrillers in a way yeah. because they're not really scary. Uh, but they're, they're like, I don't know. It just it seems like it's cut from that same cloth. I'd rather shit on that than like, oh my God, these women, how dare they be, you know, 110 pounds and fight back? Like, oh, come on. If whatever. Godfrey were here, he's saying there's going to be a lot of wrist grabs yeah. and t- wrist twists. I'm sure it was very funny how not, he not, said it. It was, but, it was fucking hilarious how yeah. he said it because he's a comedian. Yeah. But um, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, moving forward here. Uh, we also have uh, coming out uh, Richard Jewell, which uh, we did oh, review yeah. this uh, this trailer and talk about a little bit. But um, um, it is a film about American security guard Richard Jewell uh, heroically saves thousands of lives from an, uh, from an exploding bomb at the 1996 Olympics. But it uh, but is unjustly vilified by journalists in the press who falsely report that he was a terrorist. Uh, this is being directed by the one, the only Clint Eastwood, who's seven thousand years old, um, and still pumping these movies out. He, um, he won't year after year. die. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I'm okay with it because he keeps pretty. The Mule was great. Yeah, Grand Torino was great. This movie yeah. looks great. Yeah, uh, there was one that he uh, he had. I was like, uh, I don't know. You you might have missed on this one, but uh, I forget what it's called. It's like. It had some numbers in it. I forget exactly what it's called. But uh, like, but, was it three ten to Yuma? Yeah, I, 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 I didn't it, see that. Yeah, even even from the uh, from the trailer short, it just yeah. did not look like. I didn't like the title. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just from that, it's like fuck it. I'm not enough. seeing that shit. Um, we have uh, this is written by uh, the screenplay was written by Billy Ray, um, and of course this stars. Uh, um, wait, is Richard Jewell actually in the movie? No, I don't think that's no. The real. That can't be the case. Hold on here. No, definitely not the real Richard Jewell. Hold on. Am I reading this correctly? No. Hold on. You just got to have somebody who looks like him. I don't know why they have his actual name there, though. Like, as I'm looking at this, um, they have his actual. So the actor who plays Richard Jewell is uh, Paul, Paul Walter yeah. Hauser. Yeah. And then you have Sam Rockwell as well, well as John Hamm, Kathy Bates, uh, Olivia Wilde, all starring in this film. Um yeah, this looks interesting. Um, I don't know if I'd, I'd see it opening night, but uh, but I definitely see it at some point in time. It looks interesting. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I would want to see this movie in theaters. Yeah, it, great Mostly story. Because a, sto- it a story I'm familiar with prior to like even knowing that this was turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, what is that movie coming out with Mark Ruffalo? Dark Waters. Dark Waters. Mm-hmm. The I think as we look. To, for years to come right there's a lot of really interesting stories that are happening now and you're gonna start to see them turn into films like the whole this whole fucking trump campaign right yeah controversy like the oh, whole political the, climate uh, we already see it with a bombshell right we already see yeah. sort of like the trump era mm-hmm. films that are going to be coming out um it's already a thing so oh my god i can't wait could you imagine what we don't know is happening oh in the Trump administration. What we know right is now fucking crazy. shocking what enough. We don't know is there's so Jesus much more story Christ. behind what we don't know. It's crazy. Oh my god, the wild shit that's going to come out. Because like, oh my god, one of the things I learned, I think you may have said this, like all of the uh, 
phone calls in the White House are recorded, and after the president leaves office, that becomes not to say public knowledge, wild. but like it's accessible information. <laughs> yeah. And if he was talking with the ambassador of um, Ukraine, uh, Ukraine about. <laughs> opening an investigation into Biden's son. Could you yeah. imagine the other oh shit he's been talking about? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, just, uh, not even for shit that's like, oh my God, this is illegal, whatever. Just for shit that's just like, wait, there's definitely going to be some dumb shit in there. What talking about? <laughs> yeah. like, can we go after, you know, this rant? Can we, what can we do to stop Amazon? Like, can we, <laughs> have police in every city pull over Amazon delivery nah, dude, trucks? Because you know how he doesn't like Jeff yeah. Bezos, right? Well, this is the same dude who's like, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, Australia, you know how we stop forest fires? It's just, you just rake up the leaves. That's all we gotta do. He said that? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, in public, too. This wasn't, like, on a phone call. This is like, he was doing a uh, like a little press conference. While, just rake up yeah. the leaves. This is like, no, guys, all we have to do is just keep raking up the leaves. Out and nothing we're Saren gonna do. fucking Getty. <laughs> <laughs> yo, uh, yo so they, they, that's, they must the, be that's the only um topographical uh landscape that i remember from yeah I, it geography sounded like class. that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like the, one of those go there's the like, sahara yeah. right there's the or serengeti well you, you've you got, certainly know more than me because i wouldn't be able to give you anything i, I did not pay attention in school even remotely <laughs> i regret it I regret it's it like yeah you know, uh, all the shit we've been taught about science and, and geography yeah. and world history. They gave us such jewels when we were kids. It's like this little shit that you don't really, it doesn't really matter, but it would be just great to know. Yeah. Except for in history class. Cause mostly no, no, like history, white yeah, European yeah. history. Yeah. What did Drake say? You can miss me with all that. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, yeah, fuck yeah, history class. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on here. Uh, another film that we have coming out opening actually in um, limited theaters uh, is uh, of course, uh, Arane's favorite actress, uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh, starring uh in seaberg uh in seaberg uh is in the late uh, 1960s uh french new wave actress and breathless star uh jean seaberg that's how you say it jean is it jean or jean it's probably jean jean i just want to say i jean. think jean would be a man jean okay jean. fine why not uh becomes uh a target of the fbi due to her uh support um uh due to her support of civil of the civil rights movement and her romantic involvement with Hakeem Jamal, a Black Panther activist. Whoa, that jumped up a, t- what? <laughs> a couple <of> notches. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know that at all. I um, kept seeing the, the the poster for this, for this yeah. and like the I didn't watch the trailer just because I don't like uh, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> um, but I, she's fucking with Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, why not? <laughs> okay, hey, listen, this has my attention now. This is coming out in limited theaters. Limited theaters, uh, and it, it in is Detroit, and Chicago. <laughs> Oh, yeah we gotta catch a flight to see this uh, uh directed by benedict andrews um and uh and of course stars uh, uh Kristen stewart um anthony mackie jack o'connell uh and uh, a few others that i don't really all the white know. girls who date black guys are like let's go oh, see yeah, this yeah, yeah, hey, she's such a this revolutionary seems like, this seems like a very <laughs> seems like a very topical movie um <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't care for Kristen Stewart. Uh, nope. Yeah, I, and look, I, nothing against her. I, I think she she does. I was about to say something real disrespectful. She, I was going to say she does try her best. Like that. That's <laughs> so minimizing of her. Uh, no, she's she's a good actress. Like I don't know where the hype comes from. It, I think that's what it is. Like what I feel like has everybody she done that's been like incredible well there's there some people who would say like uh the movie personal shopper which i'm, I'm sure you you haven't seen but nope. uh yeah uh every, some people pointed at it, it's like oh my god she did look I, I watched that movie with the intent of seeing okay like they're saying that this is like her essential like coming out party or her her sort of oscar sort of like performance right 
and I watched it and I was just like, dude, I think we're just getting just it, what we get every time with Kristen Stewart, the same sort of like the same acting. I, yeah. I don't see anything different than this. And then in Twilight. every movie, she kind of has that same, like that, the same energy, the same tone. Like I'm yeah. just like loner, just fucking just uh, like whether it's Charlie's Angels or, <laughs> or that movie Twilight, with the wolves and the vampires, yeah. Twilight. Yeah. Um, what was that other movie uh, she was in? Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Um, the fucking yeah. loner Snow White. Like, yeah. To, to me, it's it's, it's kind of all the same. But uh, she's I like mean, the the female version of Channing Tatum. I can respect that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, the, the thing is, is like I, I have nothing against her. It's just all the hype that's built up around her that I just don't necessarily understand or care for. But anyways, moving forward. Um, uh, another film that's coming out in limited theaters is uh, a movie that I'm sure you'd want to watch. Uh, Uncut Gems. Uh, yeah. This is a movie about a charismatic jeweler who makes a high stake, uh, stakes bet that. Uh, could lead to the windfall of a lifetime in a precarious high wire act. He must balance business, family and adversaries uh, on all sides in pursuit of the ultimate win. This is directed by the Safdie brothers. I believe they're brothers, uh, Josh and Benny. Uh, and uh, this screenplay was written by them as well as uh, Ronald uh, Bronstein. So this uh, film stars Adam Sandler, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, uh, Idna, uh, Menzel as well as uh, KG himself, Kevin Garnett. Uh, and uh, one thing I've also of note, this is produced by A24. So look, if you don't think you're going to see this movie and enjoy it, fuck that. A24 is producing. Yep. Go see it. So, And I'm going to speak this into existence now, right? Uh, on our next episode, we're going to take you, we're going to enroll you Woo. into the Fade University. Hey. And you're going to take our film school, hey. one of our film school courses, and we're going to teach you all about a24 this is a, a, a production studio that has been doing some incredible fucking work in 2019 just all the awards they've been nominated for in 2019 god damn drop another bomb for a24 uh so we're gonna do a deep dive real deep 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 dive <laughs> uh, <laughs> into a24 yeah um no a24 by far look we, we uh and i should have prefaced this that i i'm trying to get into the habit of like when we start to like talk about like hey what we're going to talk about is previewing what we're going to talk about so i meant to say this before but we've got an exciting press play for you later in this podcast um about uh the mandalorian we're going to go through some of the the episodes that we haven't covered already uh as well as we've got uh our last episode we did a top 10 uh most influential films of the 2010s uh that uh new york times put out uh, yep. tonight we're going to come at you with the films that that we think are the most 10 influential films of the uh, past decade um but that's different from our favorite films of the past decade um if we had a list of our favorite films of the past decade, eight of them would probably be A24 films for me because they, they just produce content that I just absolutely love. I don't know what it is about it. It's just different. It's quirky. It's fresh. It's new. Yeah. Um, I just love it. So not not to belabor that 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 point. Uh, I am looking forward to this film, though, Uncut Gems from Adam Sandler. I think yeah, this, this could be uh, another great performance from him. I saw this movie on uh, a list of... It was someone's list online of their, like you know, best movies of 2019, uh, uncut gems is on it. I'm like, how the fuck is that on your list? It hasn't even come out yet. I mean, maybe Well, they, they might've seen it already. Sure. Yeah. Maybe you might've seen it already, but you can't put 
a list out like that, knowing that the majority of the public hasn't seen it yet. Well, you can if it's your if it's your list. That's that's nah, what that's fuck that. that. So that, the that's the that's the issue with. When we, I, I've got some controversial things when it comes to our top. That's 10 like saying some kid in high school is going to be the uh, is like the best player in the NBA. No, but it's before he gets drafted. L- l- let's come back to this topic. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this later. But we, only right Skip Bayless. Already. Skip Bayless would be like <laughs> Zion Williamson is the best player in the NBA. Like he didn't even get drafted yet. What are you talking about, Skip? Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's move forward here. We got one more to talk about. Another the last film that's coming out also in limited theaters this Friday is uh, a film that I think we actually talked about last week. Uh, because we we just got around to seeing the trailer for it, and, and I didn't even know it. This film actually came out um, kind of like a long time ago, like in in I think Russia or some other country. Um, but uh, the the death and life of John F. Donovan, um, mm, yeah, yeah, uh, came out uh, I believe sometime in 2018, uh, unless I'm mistaken here. Um, but uh, this film is about a young actor who reminisces about a dead American TV star and the correspondence they shared. Uh, this film is directed by Xavier uh, Dolan and uh, was written by Dolan as well as uh, Jacob uh, Tierney and stars Kit Harrington, Natalie Portman, Jacob Tremblay and Susan Sarandon, as well as others. Um, and again, a stellar cast, really fantastic cast. But uh, it kind of pisses me off that I didn't even know about this movie until like just recently and it but it's like a year old uh, yeah. apparently already came especially out especially with characters. like this cast you think there'd yeah. be a, a bit more you know steam behind it you know what they're trying to do my man kit harrington dirty they're, they're like man look we're a little upset about that at game of thrones shit so probably fuck your film <laughs> i think hollywood producers are like yo i didn't like season eight you're not gonna be in this movie <laughs> yeah we're, be, we're not promoting shit <laughs> and, i mean you know what uh, so who's the the young woman who played um denary sargon no uh fucking sansa Sansa, uh, Sansa. Oh, um, she was in the um X Men, Dark uh, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. What's her name? Um, damn. Give me a second. I'm just gonna call her Sansa for now. <laughs> I think because of the flop that was Dark Phoenix, mm-hmm. nobody from Game of Thrones is gonna be doing any. Uh, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna be doing any big projects anytime soon. No, 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 no. Well, we've got but, Kit Harrington. He's gonna be in a Marvel if, movie. If that's if that's the case, yeah, he's gonna be in the uh, Eternals. Yes. Um, if that's the case, though, that is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard of. No, if yes. that's the actual fucking case, if, if very if, stupid. If one season kind of, funny. of a TV show can, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> if one season of a TV can, show can prevent you from having a long career, because the rest of the fucking show was utterly fantastic and was driven mostly by the performances of the of uh the cast yeah so if you're telling me that the writing decisions and the story decisions by the fucking creators of the show if that derails my career because uh because they decided to go in directions that you didn't want them to go to come on yeah that's utter. i mean uh, what i will say though is season eight didn't end the way a lot of people liked it would have liked it to end right and then uh um at some point Emily Clark did Terminator Genesis, which wasn't oh, yeah. that, that good. That was another, yeah, that was another yeah. one that didn't help then, out the situation. Then, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Sophie Turner yeah. does X Men Dark Phoenix, yeah. and it's like, well, to be fair, she did have like two other X Men films, or maybe one other X Men film that she did. That was actually it wasn't too oh, bad. Sophie Turner, yeah, she did. Uh, she did. Um, what's it? Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. Which also yeah, was, was or, or, or was that? Um, no, that was, that was uh, Days of uh, Future Past. No, 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 that was Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, also not good. I, <laughs> I, I think what's happened thus far, and maybe Kit Harrington can turn it around with this um, John F. Donovan movie. Now, doubtful since it came out, like I said, kind of a year ago, and yeah. they just kind of buried it. It's actually just coming out now in the Ugh. U.S. It's, it's not looking promising. I mean, yeah. I, I, look, I don't doubt that this film probably is, is actually a pretty decent film, or at least just an interesting film. But the fact that it, it's just now coming out in the U.S. and with very minimal press or promotion behind it yeah it is concerning peter to say dinklage the least. is like i don't know those guys <laughs> i don't uh, hey hey do you see these oscars yeah. on my wall <laughs> we did a small project together once upon a time <laughs> i don't even remember their names what were they again <laughs> they're at some red is that, carpet is event. that sansa stark <laughs> <laughs> and and sophie turner's like peter peter it's me He's sansa like, leave me alone <laughs> i don't fucking know you i saw dark phoenix <laughs> yeah uh, okay which right. is going to lead into a story that we have um uh, like on the card coming down about um the the cast of aladdin and Ooh. and some people having trouble finding work mm-hmm. yes sir bob all right um so we're going to move forward here with uh what we've got coming out on uh our streaming platforms so uh let's just kind of run through these uh we first we have belichick and sabin the art of coaching which is in uh we're starting with hbo here uh which uh, i'm actually kind of interested in it seems like it, c- it could be sort of an interesting uh look at uh, two of the most prominent coaches at their respective levels although nick saban did not cut it in nfl i will i will restate that for the audience um no. yeah, yeah it didn't work for miami yeah and i mean i hope I would I would imagine this is gonna explore why, right? Because mm-hmm. I think you know, as a coach, you have to understand what you're good at. And Nick Saban, I think he's better at coaching young minds, young men, right? And Belichick's <laughs> that's kind of creepy, though. <laughs> the younger and more impressionable, not like you Jerry are. Sandusky did. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't even mean by like Jerry Sandusky, but I mean I, it's kind of weird that like, no, you have to be young and really impressionable for me to have any sort of effect on you. It seems I, weird. <laughs> again, I think it's a skill set, right? To be able to like, you know these young men coming out of college yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, sure. and mold them into and, yeah. and pull the best out of them to get them to that professional level. And then you have people at that professional level who can then take them and say, yeah, yeah. once you're capable of making your own decisions in life, I, then I can't, I can't help you. That's a, like a weird thing yeah. to admit if you're Nick Saban. <laughs> once you, it's like, it's like your parents, like once they can't like beat you with the belt anymore because you're too big, they're like, now it's all right. time for you to move out. <laughs> But no, this this Start is going to be really rent. interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, again, two of the two two men who have been uh, at the top of their game, top of their professions for well over a decade, both of them. So yeah, interesting uh, story. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now and then we have uh, Into PL, uh, which is another HBO program. Uh, then we have Entre Nos uh, about last night, uh, and then we have Mel Brooks uh, Unwrapped. Uh, coming out on Hulu, we have, uh, and this is essentially coming out on Fox, but it's going to be premiering on Hulu as well. We have uh, Miss Universe 2019, uh, which is a very- Didn't they wrap that shit up? I thought it was, like, I, I, I maybe I'm thinking of something else that they wrapped up. Oh, you know what? It was they, the one associated with Trump. Is that- It was- uh, Whichever one that was. Miss America? Is that Miss America? Maybe Miss America. They also wrapped up the, like, Victoria's Secret uh, I think that's what it is. Fashion show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as well, they should. It's so fucking antiquated, and it's like seeing women, like, look- Say what you will, but like seeing women, seeing these women on stage and like they try to like do things like, oh, man, you know, like, let's find out what they feel about like world peace or like some shit like that. It's just like this really basic question. But then they're like, they just parade (laughs) them around in like bikinis and shit. And it's just like, well, 
you're you're saying two different things by this. You're saying in one hand, hey, we want to know what's on your mind, but we're not really going to ask you any substantive I'm questions. I'm not looking at your face. And then we're just going to parade you out on stage in these bikinis. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel uncomfortable with this overall. Like, I don't know what your point is, but it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Like, I've heard like, you know, over the years, like, you've heard responses of like Miss who Miss Louisiana or Miss South Carolina, or whatever, and what their responses have been to like how would you, uh, you know, create world peace, right? Yeah. One of the answers that I've never um, heard, which seems like it would be a very simple answer, is to like end racism and end like, uh, you know, corporate. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? Like corporate greed corporate and, and like. Uh, not necessarily end capitalism because I don't think capitalism is an evil thing, but like end the system that we have in place that allows corporations to rule the government. Sure. Right? I've never heard those answers. Those like really like deep level thinking answers. It's no, always like, look, oh, well, I just you know, everyone gets a puppy. Well, to be fair, I do not watch this show, so I would yeah. not be able I've, to tell I've you. I've never <laughs> once watched like a Miss America, Miss they're, Universe, they're, they're or Victoria's Secret. I think that's slightly show. unfair. There's been a couple ones where it's just like, oh, that's a very sort of like uh, detailed and very substantive. Uh, yeah, I mean, response. Some of these women yeah. are are intelligent women. Who <laughs> some of these women are? Intelligent. I'm not gonna say all of them. <laughs> Who the fuck knows if all of them are very intelligent women? No, that's not a knock on women by any means. I'm sure some of them are very intelligent. It's just like me saying I'm sure some NFL players are very intelligent. A lot of these motherfuckers are stupid as bricks when you listen to their post-game interviews. Two very equal yeah. things. Yo, Ray, let's just moonwalk <laughs> out of this conversation overall. All right. I, like, I'm with you, but also, like, would it have been fair for that me to say, shocking. would it have been fair for me to say all of them are very intelligent? Fuck no. No, no it, it's a thing that on its face, it clearly, like, listen, you're not saying anything wrong, but saying it is just like, hold on here. <laughs> saying it short, but I would say the same thing about, like, NBA players, right? No, no, fair enough. Yeah. I, no, I understand fully, <laughs> but I'm going to help you by changing the topic completely. But yeah, anyway, I'm glad they're done with that shit, because, yeah. like, who the fuck was watching those things? Anyway? I don't know, dude. It's it, Come on, what are we doing here? Just as like, much as I like naked women, I never once watched that stuff, because it's just like, nah, it, I, I think it, even for me, it's it was like, uh, that's, that's like, too what much. am I doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too much. Uh, and could you imagine no- sitting at home, like, watching it and be like, oh, yeah, this is exactly yeah. what I want to see on a Friday night. And your kids are like, like, Dad, can we watch you? Like, no, we're watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Okay. Um, so we have uh, Ellen's Greatest Night of uh, Giveaways a series premiere. This is, again, on Hulu. Uh, then we have Marvel's Runaways Complete Season 3 premiere, uh, a Hulu original. Then we have uh, the, Gre- the Great American Baking Show Season 5 premiere, uh, which is technically from AB- ABC, but of course, is like I said, is premiering on um Hulu. Uh, now we have Amazon Prime, which we have the season four of The Expanse, uh, which is an Amazon original. Moving to Netflix, we have uh, a family reunion Christmas, which is, I don't know, some Netflix family show or movie, possibly. Uh, then we have Michelle Wolf joke show, which I'm actually very curious of. I can't tell with, whether Michelle Wolf is actually funny or not. Who's Michelle? Is, she, is she she did the, like the she, correspondence dinner. She's got the oh yes, she's got she's a from very, the Daily Show. Very unique delivery. Yeah, I remember she did the bit about um, uh, what is it? Me too, or how they have to change like how they have to change the whole like me too thing because now you can't say me too in a conversation like <laughs> oh like somebody orders a drink and you're like you like let's say uh, a man and a woman are 
at a dinner table, right? And the man is like, oh, I'll have a Manhattan. And, she, and she's like, yeah, yeah, me too. And he's like, holy shit, don't, don't say that in public, right? It was a really I, funny bit. And her yeah. White House correspondence dinner um, uh, set was really, yeah, really interesting. where she slid uh, Sanders, uh, what's her name? Uh, something Sanders. Who's a uh, who used to be the uh, the White House uh, um, press fucking, secretary? Damn, she just evaporated. No, didn't well, she? yeah, she got out of there quick. She was like, well, "I see the writing on walls. Yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of here." Sarah Sanders, that was her name. Yeah, yeah Sarah yeah. Huckleby Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, yeah, Huckleby. She's the daughter Huckleby of. Uh, yeah, I forget Huckleby something. I don't know. So, uh, Hickenlooper. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> damn, yo, yeah. holy shit, she's managed to escape. She I haven't heard out her of there. I haven't heard her name come up in any of the yo, uh, yo, uh, congressional you, hearings. You know what's so funny is that she, you, you know how like when you, when you're a part of a group and that group is doing something wrong, and you're just like, yo, I don't even want, the, I don't want them to say nothing about me. I don't want them my. So you just slide out the back. She yo, just, she left the group <laughs> chat. <laughs> she unfriended everybody. She deleted her Instagram. Yeah. And be and before shit really got she's hot probably too. like blonde now, lost a lot of weight, just completely <laughs> no, changed no, no, no. her she, identity. She, no, she's definitely not. She's de- she definitely does <laughs> she uh, definitely didn't lose a lot of weight. I, well, no, yeah. I, that's that's you what I'm saying. Son say. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you you pig. <laughs> no, she she she's uh she's always appearing on Fox News. That's essentially what she went to go do. And that's what happens with Oh her. yeah, you know like, Fox she, News is going to scoop her up. Oh, of course. And and you, so you see people like Sean Spicer, right? He had literally the same role and he literally is doing the same thing where he's yeah. on Dancing with the Stars now, but before that, he used to just re- make regular appearances on like Fox News or CNN, wherever the fuck it is. And that's it's like a revolving door of just like circle jerking of like, "Oh, hey, did you used to work at the White House or did you used to have any sort of access to anything? Yeah. All right, come on our show even though you sound like a complete fucking idiot. We're going to we're going to bring you on here as an expert even though you yeah. literally don't know anything you don't know shit but our fans know your face so yeah, they're gonna exactly. tune in that's yeah. and that's what all tv is but yo shout out to her though she got low yeah she really did she, yeah hey. unscathed too <laughs> Holy yeah, well, yeah, so, so far so far yeah so far yeah but shout out to her yeah smart you gotta yeah. You, I, I would give her an air horn but i don't that's a get like nah, let's I not can't do that, that. <laughs> but he, here's what we've learned from her yeah your exit strategy needs to be air fucking tight yeah, yeah. what did de niro say and and um he he's like if you can't drop everything and go when the heat is on fuck i wish i had the exact words yeah but that's what she did she yeah. was like the heat is on yeah i've got to drop here. everything and go <laughs> yeah uh all right so we have on netflix coming out uh uh as well um a special day uh nital uh porta des fuegos um and then we have jack uh, Whitehall Christmas with my father, uh, and then of course we have the uh, I'm sure highly anticipated from For Rain uh, Six Underground with uh, uh, with uh, what's his name Ryan yeah, Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah, yeah, uh, which is just uh, another Michael Bay. I th- I think the exact quote from Ryan Reynolds was this movie is um. It's action on action on action on action, which is very. It's just going to be extreme to, camera angles. Yeah, and just explosions all over the yeah. fucking place. None of it makes any sense, but it's okay. All right, and then um, so for my throwback pick for uh, the streaming platforms uh, coming out on Netflix is the film uh, "It Comes at Night." The reason why I, I highlight it is because it's another A twenty four film, mm-hmm. um, but it's sort of like a kind of like a horror movie kind of situation. Um, I wanted to watch it when it first came out in theaters, but I didn't get an opportunity to. So I'm so I'm glad it came out uh, on Netflix. Netflix now so that I can uh, take a gander. Um, Question. Yo. Who's the better Ryan? Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Uh, Reynolds. 
I, I believe that what, it depends on what you mean well, by Ryan Gosling gave us uh, a place beyond. That's the what pines, that's what I'm saying. It depends. Drive, on, it depends on what you notebook. mean by uh, by better. If you let's saying, not get into <laughs> the details. Just very surface level conversation. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It, it depends on what you're saying. If you're saying who in life, I might have to go with Ryan Reynolds. He's uh, he's got Blake Lively. She's not bad. She She's is, not bad. She is a <laughs> tier one baddie. <laughs> um, so if you're saying life, uh, I might have to go with Ryan Reynolds. Plus he's Deadpool. You know, he's, he's got the swag. You know, he, he's cool. Funny uh, guy. Yeah. Uh, it, but Good looking, talk, funny If you're guy, talking about yeah. career, I might have to go with Gosling. He, he's had a number of movies that I'm just like, this is fantastic. He, yeah, he's, Blue Velvet. Or not Blue Velvet. Um, Blue Valentine, I think was the movie. Yeah, uh, Blue with, Valentine. Uh, with, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Michelle... Williams, yeah, Michelle Williams, mm-hmm. um, La La Land, La La Land, Place Beyond know. the Pines was. I thought it was a phenomenal film. Yeah, he's. T- I really he's liked him in, Dr- in Drive too. Like you know, yeah. he can play that you know darker, tough guy role. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd have to go with uh, Gosling. They should just fucking. Do you remember when Goku and Vegeta they did the <laughs> dance? The <fusion. laughs> they fused, yeah, yeah, they should just do that. It'd be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you have a, a Deadpool driver. What's his most famous role? Uh, Gosling. The Notebook. Notebook. A sensitive Deadpool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking unstoppable. Deadpool who builds houses? <laughs> Blue shutters? Uh, <laughs> but well, hold on. In The Notebook, that fucking house. Yeah. Right? I mean, the property value must be through the roof now. It was, it was by the lake. No, that was S- that was in, footage in that, that was house. In the, what, was Louisiana? Incredible. That was yeah. in Louisiana that he built it? Yeah, yeah that's underground now. No, oh, come on, yeah, yeah. Katrina came through and wrecked that. (laughs) Katrina was like, "Oh, damn, you built her that house? You remembered the blue shutters? Sad day. (laughs) That shit's gone. Yeah, State Farm is not going to cover that. No, absolutely not. Uh, State Farm's going to be like, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. No, (laughs) did she leave you? That's that's what your that's what the uh, insurance agent, agent said on the phone. Uh, so we're not gonna be able to cover this. Yeah, are you still with her? <laughs> beautiful story, by the way. You built a. Are you still with her? No. Okay. Damn. Sad day. <laughs> Click. Well, we're gonna close this <laughs> inquiry now. We're gonna close this inquiry. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. So let's uh, jump into some next shit here. Um. Let's talk about trailers coming out. Um. First, we're gonna talk about uh this trailer. Um for uh, a film that uh, a trailer just dropped the uh, the uh, a day or two ago a day ago right i think it was like Wh- a day which ago. movie are we talking about uh we are talking about a one black widow yes Woo! oh so highly anticipated oh my um, gosh uh, yeah marvel this isn't really a spinoff this is just you know another story no, yeah this is a in the this complex is kind of weird marvel because universe. it's a it's a prequel it's a sequel it's it's everything wrapped in one depending on where you're at in the marvel timeline um this is a, a film that takes place before infinity war but of course after civil war or, or captain america civil war yes yes i'm gonna give you a, a quick synopsis here yeah i like uh, how you have to hold it up to your face like like you're eight thousand years old um it's a lot <laughs> it's lots to read so at birth black widow aka natasha romanoff is given to the kgb which grooms her to become its ultimate operative when the ussr breaks up the government tries to kill her as the action moves to present day new york where she is a freelance operative mm. the standalone film will find romanoff living in the united states 15 years after the fall of the soviet union mm. so at, to your point there's a little bit of 
backstory there, talk about where she came from, how she became the operative that she was, trained by the KGB, to present day living in New York City, yeah. fucking around with Captain America. Yeah, uh, and this film is directed by uh, Kate Shortland, uh, and uh, and of course the screen, or not of course, but uh, the screenplay is written by um, Jack uh, Schaefer, as well as David uh, Hayter and uh, Ned Benson. And this film stars Scarlett Johansson, of course, as the uh, title character herself, Black Widow, uh, and Florence Pugh, who uh, did um, she did um, the film, the another A twenty four film. Uh, Was it uh, uh, Marcella? No, no, um, uh, Lady Macbeth. No, no, no. She did um, the falling. No, no. Just if you just give me one sec, I can think of the name. Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer. Yeah. yeah, or Midsummer, as apparently it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, I didn't realize she was in the commuter with Liam Neeson. Yeah, I never watched it, so I couldn't tell you. What? Uh, Great yeah. movie. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. That's, that's going to be on my much. list. Yeah. Well, yikes. Um, uh, Rachel Weiss as well as David Harbour, are all in this film. Um, uh, also, Robert Downey Jr. is going to make an appearance in this film. I don't care. Whatever. As Tony Stark, not Iron Man. Couldn't care less. Uh, this uh, film is due out uh, May 1st of 2020. Um, I was kind of underwhelmed. I'll be honest with you. By this the, trailer? By the trailer, yeah, a oh, this trailer looks big, looks good. Uh, I, I think the fight scene between her and her sister in this trailer. I think that was good. That was good. I, but I think where where it's where I, I kind of pinpointed where I'm lacking. I think I just have an end game. I'm still in a end game funk of. I think that's the best it's ever going to get for me. Yeah, and I think I realized that. Like, I think there's nothing else they could really do unless it's just something out of bounds. Like, where it's just something that just like, unless it hits me like, uh, like Captain America: Winter Soldier hit me. Where it's just like, yo, this is different. This is hitting yeah. different than like something else. Like, End Game is it's the End Game is the girl that you dated, <laughs> and you just, uh, she was fucking incredible. But then she got a job and she like oh, yeah. moved to Seattle. It's like I, I'm not gonna right? do better. What am I gonna do? But then Thanksgiving, she comes home every year, and you saw her at that bar last week. <laughs> you're like, Fuck, it's not gonna God, get I miss, better. I miss you and, so and you're much. You're kind of dating somebody else right yeah, now, but you're, you're like, like uh, <laughs> she's not as good as you were. <laughs> That's what Endgame is. That really is. It really like, is. You were perfect. You were smart. You were funny. You were yeah, but everything, all the qualities, everything. And now I gotta settle for this, whatever. Jessica <laughs> over here. <laughs> but yeah, man. Like, so this movie does look good. Um, yeah. I mean, it looks good. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it looks bad or anything like that. I'm just the excitement's not there like it should be. Like, I feel like if this came out, if this trailer came out before Endgame, I'd be like, oh shit. Yeah, Widow movie's coming out. ScarJo looks fantastic in this. This looks awesome. After Endgame, I'm kind of just like, eh, cool. Yeah, hey, uh, what else is showing that week? Yeah, <laughs> other fe- like the the younger female actresses in Hollywood that want these like big time action movies, they've got to fucking hate ScarJo. I mean, she's got no. oh yeah, Ghost got in a Shell. Yeah, that's very she's true. She's got Black Widow. What was that other she's movie got a she did where she was like she had took that like um the she there was like that chemical that was injected into her uh that was uh, i know exactly what movie you're saying all those powers and shit i can't want to say life but it wasn't life it was like i don't know some other movie i know it was, movie it was, I'll, it, I'll look it up you, you can keep talking it was good and no, I, I got it you're you're slow when it comes to looking this shit up i'm not um i take offense i'll find it faster than you do no you won't i'm gonna find it it's like right the fuck here uh no it's not it was ghost in a shell we already talked about that why can't i find this shit lucy, lucy. ha 
Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> all right, but yeah, so like she gets all these like big action movies and, and mind you, she gets them because she she can pull it off, right? Mm-hmm. The action, the stunts, like she can not sell it because she's not really she doesn't really have to sell it. She mm-hmm. can do it. Yeah. Um, but if I was like, you know, a younger up and coming actress in Hollywood who wanted to play the, you know, the female lead in the action movie with like, you know, standing next to the boys. Right. Mm. And you know, you can't cause ScarJo's fucking, if ScarJo walks out of the audition and you're about to go in, Fuck. you're not, you're not going to get the part. <laughs> she's already got it. It's done. Or they, they're just going to, she's going to walk out and the producer's going to come out and tell you, oh, we're not seeing anybody else today. You, yeah. you know, the saddest part is <laughs> if they shake their head and like, I guess you can come in if you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got one more read. Come One's in. lunch. Yeah. <laughs> or they're eating while you're reading. <laughs> but anyway, hey, can I get um, more Kung Pao sauce? So one of the, what Marvel does really well up. is like they introduce characters into their movie who are going to play big roles that you're unfamiliar with, right? So they're ever expanding the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. So here we're going to be introduced to um, the red, what is it? The fucking, the, the uh, David Harbor is going to play uh, Alexi. I'm not even going to try to pronounce <laughs> oh, that. Oh, shit. now you're having <laughs> issues pronouncing names. <laughs> Sh- not so easy. The red guardian. I mean, we don't Shatova, even need the fucking Shatov. say his name. Sh- the Sh- red guardian is who he's playing. Shatvok. Sh- 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 All right. I don't know. You're embarrassing yourself. Um, the Red Guardian, who is uh, the Soviet Union's version of Captain America, mm. um, except you know he doesn't have any powers. He just has heightened like hand to hand combat skills, and he's like a a spy. I believe he's also uh, a Scar- or Natasha uh, Romanoff's father, or something along those lines. So interesting introduction to a new character in the Marvel universe that has like some backstory, um, and it just seems like this is the best way to to tell the story. So yeah, I like it. Continue to expand the universe, and the movie looks good. Yeah, um, yeah, and apparently they're going to be like multiple like black widows in the film, and I think all the all the women in their family apparently are all black widows. Uh, so her sister is a black widow who's being played by, of course, by Florence Pugh, Yelena um, um, Belova, as well as um, uh, Rachel Weisz, who's playing her mother, I believe. I believe so. They all have different last names. Um, And her name's Melina in the film, and she's also a Black Widow. So anyways, um, I don't know. Yeah, like I I would say it's kind of, it is what it is with me. Like, clearly I'm still going to go watch it, but uh, I think I'm, like, I I don't have that same juice. And I don't think anything's really going to (laughs) get me to that same space as I was with Endgame, you know? No, because that was, you know... That was the, the. Do you remember that fucking weekend? That's dude? when you climax, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's just like after you nut, like it's kind of just like, eh. Yeah. I don't really care what happens it's after like, this. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I'm not really in love with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So I just like this moment that we're having. <laughs> All right. So we can uh, we can move on based off of that um, to uh, film that I'm. Talking about being excited. Ding, 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 oh my ding, ding, god! Ding, ding, I'm excited. This looks ding, fantastic, dude. Bond has some of the best uh, original music too. Uh, it has one specific song that's the ding, best. Ding, 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 ding. You know that. Like when you hear it, you could hear it from fucking anywhere. You're gonna know that. 
Yeah, uh, it's most iconic. One of the most iconic theme songs. But that's only because it's, we've had there's eight thousand fucking Bond films, and yeah. all of them have the and same we've fucking been hearing song it over the like, past thirty five years. If you don't have years. it in your head by now, then you just I don't know what rock you've been uh, you know living under. But um, okay, we we've got we got a trailer just today actually for the new Bond film No Time to Die. Uh, uh, let me give you the quick synopsis: Recruited to rescue a kidnapped scientist, uh, globetrotting spy James Bond finds himself hot on the trail of a mysterious villain who uh, who's armed with a dangerous new technology. This film is directed by uh, Kerry uh, Fukunaga, um, as well as uh, it's been written by or it's been written by Phoebe uh, Waller-Bridge, Scott Burns, uh, Robert Wade and Neil Purvis. And of course, stars uh, 007 himself, Daniel Craig, uh, the, the great, the incomparable Remy Malek, uh, Leigh Sidhu, Naomi Harris. Uh, as well as um, uh, 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 Lashana Lynch. Um, and I mean, they're bringing back, you know, the, the the some of the older heavy hitters from the last films. We've got Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Um, we've got who played Ralph. Blofeld. Yep. We've got Ralph Fiennes, who plays uh, M. M. Yeah. Naomi Harris, who plays Eve Montgomery. Money Patty, uh, yeah. One of my favorite actors, Jeffrey Wright, who plays Felix uh, Letter. Yeah. Leave he, he, he's like a CIA operative. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Felix, whatever his name is, Felix, yep, uh, Felix, Felix letter. Yeah. Uh, Latier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to start having you announce everything now. So you can feel as I thought that was a <laughs> yeah, Anyway. Um, so yeah. everybody from like the last few, uh, you know, whether Skyfall, Spectre, you know, they're bringing everybody in for this, uh, final film. The big Not, guns out. Obviously this isn't the final bond film, but this is the final one Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig appearance. The, At least it should be. The I end thought, of this story. Thought, yeah. Uh, a Spectre was going to be his swan song, but for he looked at the O's, he was just like, he was like, what? All right, you guys are paying me what? <laughs> uh, I'll do one more. Bond, James Bond. <laughs> I'm heading to the gym right now. When do we start production? Uh, he was on the set of Knives Out. Like, wait, what did it say? <laughs> Wrap this up. Yeah. Can we cut cut all my lines? Give him the Captain America. He's <laughs> not, not even named Captain Give him America. The cap. <laughs> That's not what this character is called, Daniel. Don't care. Yeah. Wrap this shit up. <laughs> um, but this uh, yeah, movie- it looks fan fucking fantastic. This got me excited um, because, and one thing I, I kind of love is like that they're bringing their. It's all in the same fucking universe. One thing I always hated about fucking Bond was that you had to always search for that one kernel of a thing. It's like, oh, I think I saw this in a previous Bond, or I think this person was mentioned in a previous one. It just never tied together with anything. With, yeah. What I love about Daniel Craig's iteration of Bond is that you have a story here, something that builds off of one another. You know, from that uh, first film with Casino Royale to this film, you have some recurring themes and recurring uh, 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 story and plot lines, yeah. right? Um, and I and think it that, all circle, it all focuses kind of around his past, right? And a lot yeah. of the things we don't know about who he really is and where he comes from. Um, and yeah, like older Bond films didn't really have that. It would just be like just the next mission, fucking the next story. Mission. Yeah. Some new scientist Somewhere. has some <laughs> chemical weapon. <laughs> These people are trying to destroy the world with like this random fucking thing in space right this one or these series of bond films have a recurring story recurring yeah. theme and this really does feel like you know this is where it's all going to happen it's where, where it's all going to go down i mean that's what i thought specter was so you know here we are with another story but this story does look good oh it looks good and remy malik he looks great as the uh the, the villain um i didn't like 
what I've seen thus far about his like like scaly skin kind of like it's like phantom of the opera kind of uh, things ugly guy behind the mask who's yeah. like creepy and scary yeah um I I'm, I'm gonna have to see more of him just because i like yo mr robot i'm i look i wasn't too high on the third season i thought that was kind of middling you know honestly even the second season i didn't think was the best damn episode, <laughs> no but but even episode one even, of season even, one even with it not being the best Head and shoulders above like anything else yeah. on TV. Isn't that on Netflix now, Mr. Robot? No, that's on Amazon Prime. If you want to go check that out, oh, okay. those seasons on Amazon. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Amazon. Um, I've got too much shit. I've got Disney Plus. I've got Apple TV Plus. Netflix. Yeah. Pornhub. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you signed up for Pornhub? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. I was going to say you're. <laughs> you live a very dangerous life. <laughs> I. Uh, I've got a backdoor. I got a guy who can hack and you know. Okay, you got what uh, Q on? <laughs> yeah. I got a guy. Uh, you got a guy. Um, fucking uh, fucking Irishman. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. So uh, yeah. Long story short, this this looks fantastic. Um. I I I wasn't sure what to expect from this, but uh, I I think it's in very capable hands with Kerry Fukunaga. Um. He's uh the uh from directing his the film the first film. What was on, that? That's what I say when I when I'm trying to <laughs> when you're stumbling. Thoughts. Yeah. Um, directing. The, fi- the first film that ever I think sh- um, Netflix actually was like a Netflix original, which was a uh, beast of no nation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the greatest films I think I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, he's, he of course was uh, the director. And um, I think he also, uh, he also either directed or he created the, the show maniac for Netflix as well. Fantastic fucking show on, uh, on Netflix starring, um, starring uh, what's his name? Uh, Jonah Hill as well as uh, Emma Stone. Uh, um, Very great fucking name. What maniac? No, or, uh, or Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fucking. Fantastic. Yeah, he's 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 a really so, good director. Born in Oakland, California, right? Not not fucking Japan. Yeah, but I, I'm right? pretty sure he's. Uh, his parents might be Japanese or something like that. <laughs> okay. Either way, great name. You got a name yeah. like Carrie. You probably got picked on as a kid, so you had to be great. No, you got to be great. Yeah, you have yeah, to be great. Yeah, you got to be great with that name. Yeah, you can't be. You can't be middle ground or whatever. Nah, the nah, nah, you only be great. other way this name works is if you're if he like was a fucking web developer or something like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, build me a website, Carrie. Um, <laughs> graphic designer or a barista at Starbucks. No. Yeah, you can't be a barista. No, no, no. You can, with this name, you can be a barista no, at Starbucks. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta aim for greatness. You know, not, uh, not okay, saying well, you can't you know be great. Not, not saying you can't be great. No, no, you're, you're right. Uh, though. Not Starbucks, like one of those other, like you know, pretentious uh, <laughs> coffee shops, but only in like Seattle or Portland or whatever. He can only live there. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, yeah. I'll accept that. Yeah, the six dollar cappuccinos, Starbucks greatness. Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be great there. But uh, luckily for us, he's directing great movies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's let's move forward here. Um, let's talk about this uh, this this last trailer. Let's talk about this quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Shit sucked. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, Nora from Queens, um, which is a show starring. Um, uh, Aquafina, who you're not as familiar with Aquafina, right? Like if I, if I'm not, I don't really drink bottled water. Okay, uh, clearly I'm talking about the actress, yeah, slash comedian. But uh, that joke was as good as coy. the jokes you're gonna get in this movie <laughs> or this show. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you a preview. This is if a, you haven't seen the trailer, there it was. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Um, and uh, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can get a better explanation of what we're looking at here. 
this uh, is a loosely autobiographical series uh, that's starring Aquafina as Nora, um, which is actually, ironically enough, her actual name, uh, a 20 something slacker who lives with her dad, uh, played by B.D. Wong, which this dude is phenomenal. Oh, my God. He uh, he's in uh, he's in Mr. Robot as well phenomenal actor this is dude bd wong uh and a foul-mouthed grandmother um uh in queens new york um this bd wong was also in the movie most re- uh with uh ali wong recently no bd wong was not in that movie fuck yeah 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 you're just now you're just saying asian asian people yeah great yeah. movie that was a compliment <laughs> yo this guy <laughs> i have uh, asian but, friends uh, do you do you remember seeing the um the last, not the last Jurassic Park, although if you no, saw he, that. he was in Jurassic World, which came out in 2015, yep. Mr. Robot. Uh, he's going to be in the, or he was in, in the, the original, Mulan. original Mulan film. Mm. Mm, I wonder why. Uh, he was also recently in Bird Box. Focus. Uh, I wonder why he wasn't, I don't see him in, as the part new, of the new Mulan. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't you cast got, him. Like you can't do the new Lion King without James Earl Jones, right? Why? I mean. They? If I was him, I'd be pissed. Okay, fair enough. I'd be like, I did the original. Why am I not in this in the new shit? Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna argue with you. Uh, They're like, oh, we got <laughs> the guy from um, the movie with Ali Wong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I <laughs> didn't say that. They said <laughs> it. Yo, let me wound walk out of that for you. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily my cup of tea because uh, it it doesn't necessarily seem all that funny to me but um I, i'm a huge fan of aquafina from crazy rich asians i thought she she was she was probably the best part of that movie for me you, you have you you haven't seen crazy rich Asians? i've still yet to see god it. damn it dude hurry up i um, know some crazy rich asians though okay you're you're like what, what is happening with your with your quality of jokes here well, they've dipped look at the yeah, movie yeah. we're talking about like this <laughs> it's I, not like, even a movie I'm, no this is the movie yeah. no it's a show Aquafina on is North, it, this is a show yeah holy shit yeah hopefully this gets canceled after season one so no i'm kidding um <laughs> i'm sure that this is going to be a funny show mm-hmm. i just wasn't impressed with this trailer like fair enough what I saw in this trailer, it was like cheap comedy. Mm. It felt like to me, like really cheap. I, I would like, kind of have to agree with you a little bit. Like, here's a joke, bam. Here's a joke, bam. Here's a joke. it wasn't like like funny storytelling, right? Yeah. Again, watching this, it just felt tacky and yeah, cheesy. Not funny. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. <laughs> the best way to put it. Yeah. Not funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will give it a chance because I actually am a fan of uh, Aquafina's, uh, even though she, I think she used to be or she might still be a rap artist. Um, uh, I don't necessarily know her from that. I just know her from some of the roles I've seen her in. I thought she's been fantastic in everything that I've seen her in. So I'll at least give this uh, some, uh, I'll get, I'll at least give it a chance, but, uh, but the trailer was not encouraging to say the very least. Yeah. Um, When you says someone is a rap artist, that means they're not very good. Right. (laughs) Usually just uh, he's a rapper. Yeah. When you say, um, yeah, this artist. person is a rap artist, yeah. <laughs> they're like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Macklemore is not. a rap artist, yeah. right? Well, Macklemore is not that bad of a rapper, is he? Have you heard anyone <laughs> other than me say Macklemore in the past three years? <laughs> yeah. Who? Macklemore had like a, a wave where he was he couldn't say anything without mentioning Mac- Macklemore's name. 
No, come on. This is. I think he won like a Grammy for like best rap album, right, or something like that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about literally like his songs. So like I remember like he had a couple songs. He had the song like, like Thrift Shop or whatever that was yeah, big, but like, that was literally for like one year max, and then he know. tapped out. I don't know. Um, that was 2015. It's just like stuff on YouTube, right? Like just because you don't fuck with it doesn't mean like, or you don't fuck with it, or the people around you don't fuck with it doesn't mean that it's not fucked. Sure, with sure, sure. Yeah, but right. in this particular case, <laughs> no. We we know what that was. Fair enough. Um, I think Iggy Azalea took home best female rapper that year. We know what that was. All right. So uh, of course the show's coming out uh, sometime in 2020. I think it's in January. Uh, not sure. I already clicked off the thing, so <laughs> can't tell you. All right. Um. All right, let's move forward here. Um, let's talk about something here that uh, is just, it's kind of absurd, but it is what it is. Uh, we have a story here about the Aladdin star, Mina uh, Mossad, uh, uh, who says he hasn't had a single audition since uh, uh, the, of course, the, the billion dollar grossing uh, Aladdin film came out, which is stunning to say the very least. Yeah. So did you watch it? No, I have not seen Aladdin. I was on a flight recently, and I had two choices. (laughs) 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 One of them was this film. The other was uh, a far worse film. Uh, I chose to watch the far worse film, but the guy in front of me was watching this movie. So you you peeked a little bit. So I peeked at a little bit. This movie looked like shit, too. Um, Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Will Smith got paid. Happy to see any black man succeed. Um, <laughs> but I do feel bad for this uh, Mina Musad uh, actor. It, it's unfortunate. Like when you are attached to a project, right? Particularly if this project is your big, you know, big breakout moment, right? Sure. And even if the project is good, but it's not received well, or maybe the marketing around it wasn't done well, or maybe like the studio didn't position you as a part of the marketing plan as they should have, mm. it can really impact your future projects, right? Mm. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know what his performance was like, but to have to have been in a Disney movie to this caliber, I mean, fucking Aladdin, and afterwards to not get any calls or auditions or inquiries, like there's, there's something going on here. Exact What it is, I don't know, but either his performance was that bad or I don't know, maybe there's like something going on behind the scenes where no. he wasn't very easy to work with. Or... Complete nonsense. Complete what, do you, nonsense. what do you think? <clears throat> um, the, if anybody asserts that, oh, his performance is just so bad that he doesn't. Um, if I continuously have to see Tara Reid in any film ever, there is no reason why somebody can't call this dude up after his film grossed a billion dollars. I don't give a fuck if he was the shittiest actor on earth. Your film grossed a billion dollars and I, I can't get an audition. Fuck, come on. What are we talking about here? Like, what are, just think in your mind how many bad actors and actresses uh, that you can just think of off the top of your head who you see them in all yeah, sorts of shit. Kristen Stewart, <laughs> Channing Tatum. <laughs> okay, even if you want to, if you want to, even if you want to go there, which I don't necessarily agree with you about Channing Tatum. I think he's, I think he's talented, really talented actor. Um, he's talented. Um, but, uh, but even if you wanted to say them, okay, fine. Um, it's impossible for me to think that your film grossed a billion fucking dollars and you can't even get called for an audition. That's that's p- 
preposterous. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me give you uh, just a couple of things he said. He said, uh, I'm kind of tired of staying quiet about it. Musad um, told the Daily Beast, uh, I want, and this is an article from The Wrap, uh, I want people to know that it's not always dandelions and roses when you're uh, doing something like uh, Aladdin. Um, he must have had millions, and this is him sort of like paraphrasing, I guess, other people in what, what he what he believes that they're saying about him. Uh, he must be getting all these offers. Uh, it's none of those things. I haven't had a single audition since Aladdin came out. That's fucking insane. Now, he does have another project coming out, but I'm sure that's something that he either shot that before yeah. or that he did before Aladdin uh, or maybe happening simultaneously as, as Aladdin. Um, but uh, yeah, that like that's that's. That's insane uh, that that he doesn't actually, at, at the very minimum get even just an audition. Um, and, and it just shows you through like, you know, we talked earlier about Scarlett Johansson. And we joked about like the fact that she's just in fucking everything. Right. Yeah. It just shows you that Hollywood at the end of the fucking day is just one big fucking club. And if you're not in that fucking club. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm, yeah that's true. Right. And I'm, I'm just, I was trying to find a way to like position it to to where maybe like maybe if you if you work hard enough or if you put your if you create opportunities for yourself um but there are actors and writers and directors who are constantly doing that it was trying to get over that wall that is you know the hollywood uh, inner circle right it's yeah. not easy yeah. um i don't know who this guy's agent is i don't know who his yeah. manager it, it, well, is i think and i meant to mention this before whoever his agent is we gotta fire them yeah yeah. yeah yeah i mean fire your agent quick as fuck immediately yeah, yeah, yeah get yeah. a new agent come on. you just um, your, your movie just grossed a billion dollars yeah and you can't give me one fucking odd, fuck come on what yeah. are you doing um i'm not sure if he's a writer as well but like maybe you've got free time if you're not getting any auditions he's got a lot of free time you know maybe this is an opportunity for you to like start trying to create your own opportunities if those opportunities aren't being presented to you right show sure, to show that like you're, you're still working yeah um but yeah fire agent immediately get, yeah. get a new manager um try a new approach different angle it sucks to see somebody who's was a part of like a really big project. Yeah. At the end of the day, get nothing. Yeah. And, and I like, I, so I'm eventually, uh, of course, going to watch Aladdin, but uh, there's no way for me to imagine that. I don't even give a fuck if he's like terrible. In a yeah. Film. This is there's how big no Will way. Smith is. Yeah. If he were to call Will Smith, you know, like, Hey Will, like what, you know, what are you working on? Will would probably screen his call. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm not taking that shit. Who is no. that? Who? Come on. Nina? Who? Well, I, I <laughs> Do you don't think know, Will man. Smith remembers everyone he does like movies with? Probably not. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably not. But I mean, dude, he's the fucking namesake of the fucking film. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have very minimal remember that guy. Like, it's it's different if it's like stunt double eighteen, but like if you if, like the guy who's literally acting opposite of you the entire fucking film. Come on, you gotta, you I gotta, mean, you gotta remember that. guy. I imagine there was a lot of scenes that were shot separately, right? Because sure. Will's scenes required CGI, a lot of CGI yeah. and digital effects, right? Yeah. So they probably did a lot of things separately. Will might not even know this guy. <laughs> He's gonna have to call Jaden or Willow. But hey, is your dad around? <laughs> no, no, he's shooting uh, Bad Boys Three uh, or Bad Boys Four. Is it four? No, it's Bad Boys it's Three. three? Okay. Joking, yeah. All right, let's move forward here. Um, let's talk about. Um, Hey, hold on. What did I want to talk about? Um, okay, before we get to this, um, we have a new studio uh, that's being uh, uh, it's being made in um the uk uh i believe london specifically uh from sky which is a movie uh, studio and, and tv tv and film studio uh in hold on let me make sure i get my facts right here 
Uh, yeah, in London, in North London, to be specific, uh, Sky has unveiled plans to build a, a Hollywood style film studio in North London, creating about 2000 jobs as the pay TV company steps up uh, its fight against streaming giants, Netflix and Amazon. Um, it's being built on a uh, 32 acre studio complex um, that will be built in uh, Elstree, just down the road uh, from Elstree, uh, Elstree Studios, where rivals Netflix uh, where rival Netflix shoots flagship series The Crown uh, and open in early 2022, subject to planning permission. Um, so the reason why I wanted to even talk about this was because, look, man, I think everybody's getting fucking fed up. You got Tyler Perry building a huge ass studio in Atlanta. Uh, you got Sky now building this studio in London. Um, everybody's pretty much fed up of having to deal with Hollywood shit, having to go to Hollywood to get anything done. Fuck Hollywood, I think is what everybody's saying. And stories like our last story that we just covered, which was about uh, um, uh, the Aladdin star, uh, Mina, uh, Mina Mossad, uh, who um, he can't find a fucking audition to save his life after gr- starring in a film and being the, the namesake of the film that grows a billion fucking dollars. Um, everybody's just tired of Hollywood shit uh, yeah. and wanting to just do their own fucking thing. And we're seeing that more now um, across all a variety of industries than we've seen in like the past decade, right? So here we have an example of um, Sky building their own uh, studio to rival Netflix. Uh, Tyler Perry opened up Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta as, you know, another option outside of going to, you know, Los Angeles, California and filming at uh, the movie studios there. Um, It's even happening in the music industry, right? Like, you know, Spotify is like, fuck the Grammys, you know, fuck that shit. We're going to do, we're going to have Spotify awards, right? Apple Music just announced their own, um, like, award uh, series. I'm not sure if it's going to be, like, filmed or televised, but Apple Music just announced that they're going to start giving out awards, too, before, based off, like, streams, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's all these departures that are happening where companies are breaking away from, like, the, the confines or the norms of, like, the, in, the respective industries and saying, no, we're going to start doing things a little bit differently we're gonna we're gonna start creating our own lane i love it yeah. i mean why should you always have to go to hollywood if you want to make your movie right or yeah. why should you why is the grammys the pinnacle of of music right when uh no one's really fucking buying albums anymore or the music landscape is changing spotify and apple music really are leading uh the way for music why don't they have their own platforms right yeah absolutely i love it and 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 you know why do we have to have gatekeepers? You know, like, and eventually, like, I, I guess you, you get the conundrum of like, you become the gatekeeper after a while, especially if you try to do your own thing, you eventually become the thing that you kind of hate a little bit. Um, but, uh, which, you know, I don't think there's really like a great, uh, answer for outside of just democratizing the entire thing altogether. But that's, yeah, never I mean, fuck, I'd rather there be, you know, at least options, right. If there are four different gates, sure. Each gate, each gatekeeper might have become the thing that they hate but as a consumer as someone like my or a viewer or you know writer producer director musician whatever you are mm. you have those options yeah it's not a monopoly um monopolized yeah is that, anymore yeah yeah, yeah monopolized yeah. <laughs> you know you're, you're you're saying with confidence well, i'm questioning myself yeah, don't do that don't do that um yeah so uh so yeah, so, and, and not to belabor this this particular issue because I, I don't know if there's uh, there's much more to talk about as far as this concern, but um, I, I think that you know a, a lot of times you have um, you, the reason why you don't see more people or more studios or more whatever doing this is because for one, uh, 
it is kind of a labor intensive in terms of keeping it up, right? Like, so for instance, if you run a studio, you then become essentially, instead of creating content yourself, you're more worried about managing others who, who are creating the content, right? Like, so you're providing the sound stages, you're providing the sets, you're providing all those things. And that be, can become a task in and of itself and you not becoming so much the creator. But I think that if you're able to parlay that into, okay, not only do we have recurring business with that, but also we have the ability to create content ourselves. Now I think you're bypassing the system altogether, right? Now, I think it's tough to do both at the same time, but if you're Sky or if you're Tyler Perry, um, you're essentially, uh, you're trying to create your own ecosystem, which I think that's where you want to live. You don't want to live in a space where you're always beholden to others. Uh, and, and and so, you know, I have to salute Sky. I have to salute Tyler Perry. And honestly, speaking has less to do with this, but sort of the same sort of um, the same sort of fabric of it is uh, uh, Byron Allen. You know, yeah, um, I, I think that these these uh, people and these uh, uh, businesses that are basically saying, well, no, like I'm not just going to accept the fucking standard, you know, uh, the status quo. Uh, I'm going to try to create a new lane, you know, uh, or a lane that should have been paved yeah. a long fucking time ago. And Byron Ar- Allen is the comedian and business mogul that we discussed on our previous episode. Who's um, he's really like owning content, right? He's buying TV networks. He's buying TV stations. I think he owns over like 50 different TV stations uh, as well as several networks um, with like syndicated programming. So, you know, he's really disrupting the uh you know television industry by again owning content networks mm-hmm. yeah so um, yeah shout out to them i mean uh, and what it does it, it applies pressure to you know the 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 companies right that have been doing this for a long period of time that have gotten comfortable in doing what they're doing sometimes not doing it the right way so if you're trying to get a movie produced and you got to go jump through all these hoops in hollywood to get it done but you can go to tyler perry studios and like there's less bureaucracy there's less bullshit and you and like it's you know the the process is as it should be yeah why the fuck would i ever go back to hollywood i can go here i can take my shit over to you know sky uh studios in in the uk to get it produced if that's an option the only thing i would caution though is just like watch what you're doing because it's like you know you know like those uh shades right like uh, or just glasses in general that there's only like two or three makers in like the entire fucking world like it's all the same fucking company but they they make you think oh no it's like five different companies or it's like 12 different companies and yeah. you have your choice. No, it's like two different companies, if that, and it's all the same shit. They just right? got 50 different brands. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, to read out another paragraph from this uh, this article from The Guardian, uh, Sky Studios L Street uh, will become the Europe, uh, European production base for Sky and NBC Universal, um, which owns the Fast and Furious uh, maker Universal Studios, as both are owned by the U.S. pay TV giant Comcast. Uh, so Sky, so it's funny, ironic that we mentioned uh, uh, Byron Allen, who's actually suing Comcast right now. But um, Sky said that the Sky said the studio complex, which it hopes will be uh, also become a base for other companies' projects, will result in three billion um, pounds, I believe, uh, being sent on 
spent on TV and film productions in its first five years. Um, so I only say Fuck, that to, to say Comcast owns them. Exactly. Yeah. Like, God so damn it. I, I Everything I say, I, <laughs> I, take, I back. take it back. But I hope it just doesn't become <laughs> this circle jerk of like, oh, like we think we're doing something great by doing this yeah. one here and fuck you, Hollywood. But it's, it's still kind of just Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like an offshoot of fucking Hollywood. It's um, like Burger I, King saying, oh, we're, we have Beyond Meat yeah, now. Yeah. We're going to cook it on the same burger. grill yeah, yeah, yeah. as the regular <laughs> it's just burgers. The but you're eating it. You're, you were never eating just, meat in the first place. Yeah. It's just the same shit. <laughs> Beyond meat, the impossible burger. It's not a thing. No. <laughs> give me the shit that's gonna kill me versus the shit that's gonna give me some weird new disease. Yeah. At least I know what what disease is gonna kill me if I yeah. eat that. Yeah. Doctors haven't even figured out what this is gonna what disease this is gonna cause or how to treat it's it. It's gonna that's how you start World yeah. War Z. That's I'm the, I'm the whopper exactly. And Brad Pitt has to save us all. Um, so yeah, I say that as a word of caution, but, uh, never, nevertheless, shout out to Sky. All right. Um, whoops. Didn't mean to do that. I love how, like, when, like, do you know when you're talking, you're getting really animated? Yeah. Um, like, just like what I did there. And for anybody listening, right. So like to my left, I'm pointing when I was talking yeah, about that who, burger, who actually pointing I'm pointing at, to this corner in the wall <laughs> as if there were a, a, a fucking whopper there. Right. Yeah. And then to my right, I'm <laughs> Pointing very like intently, yeah. um, and violently yeah, yeah. at this imaginary <laughs> <Why violently? laughs> impossible burger that really is just this lamp in the corner of the room. Uh, but like sometimes I catch myself in conversation getting really animated yeah. and like creating something out of nothing. Yeah, you're you're an emotional talker, which I think you do that in order to drive your point home. Some people are unemotional talkers, so you never really give a fuck about anything they say because it's like, I have no attachment to any yeah. of this. You're not making me feel anything, but emotional talkers will just, they can be talking, a little paper on the ground. You see this goddamn paper on the fucking ground? You see what that fucking represents? That represents the tyranny and the capitalism that is American <laughs> fucking politics. That's what that fucking represents. And you're like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. But <laughs> you're passionate. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I'm going to tell you a short story. So yeah. I, this is the one of my funniest, one of the funniest moments that I can recall, which kind of like depict exactly what I'm talking about here, right? Was mm. where when you're having a conversation, you're getting so animated, right? And mm. if you do it well, and it could really draw people and bring people into your story. Yeah. Um, I remember I was having like lunch with a friend of mine and I was telling this story and like in the story, I had like a tomato or something like that in my hand, right? Mm. Um, and that, so I'm telling her this story and I had the imaginary tomato in my hand and I squeeze it and like, you know, <laughs> th- 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 theoretically or like, you know, <laughs> she like back up like, whoa. Like, she was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> And again, this is a, an imaginary fucking tomato in my hand, like, crushing. And she goes, ah! right. So it, it, it's one of the again. I'm, the whole point of that is like when you're telling a really good story, yeah. right? Even if there's like none of it is around you, you can bring people into your story, yeah. And like they're experiencing what you're experiencing. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah, uh, that, that's uh, that's exactly what you don't want to do. Whether you're telling stories, just offhand or whether you're actually like creating like a movie or something like you want you want emotion you know? yeah that's what always controls everything um, i'm a great storyteller i just that's really what this is about uh, that's what you really want to get off yeah. um okay so let's talk really quickly we don't have to talk long about this but uh at all we don't have to talk long about this at all does that sentence make sense yeah you know it's just, we don't have to talk long i don't know i'm just saying the same thing over and over <laughs> all right all right all right so let's uh talk about this um uh, there's a, apparently like a new nightmare on elm street uh that's in the works uh we we all know that we keep getting these stupid fucking reboots of these you know of these old uh, horror films uh, and we're all sick of it. But 
this came across me and for whatever reason, um, last, I want to say it was probably last Halloween that I, uh, I think it was on Halloween. I was working late. And so, uh, so I randomly, and I already finished the work I had to do. So then I was just like dicking around for like an hour. Um, and, uh, I, I ended up coming across this video talking about the entire series of nightmare on Elm street and take you from the beginning how it all started the first nightmare on Elm street and then all the way up until like i think it was like either a new nightmare or like jason versus freddy or some shit whichever one was like the last one um and i just remember coming with the feeling like man this could have been so much better than what it what what it ended up being because the first one is so fucking good the first nightmare on Elm street was really a fucking great movie and it had a lot of people in it that uh or maybe just one person that we're all familiar. uh johnny <laughs> went depp. On to be, yeah yeah johnny depp ended up being a pretty pretty well-known actor pretty good household name yeah uh uh but he, but even robert uh was it uh Yuland or whatever his name is that uh that he he he's um he plays freddy yeah um pretty well known uh he's in a lot of different things um but I just remember coming away with the feeling like, fuck, I wish they would just because they did try to reboot it in 2010, mm-hmm. I believe it was uh, with uh, who's the guy from uh, that was in um, who is Rorschach in uh, Watchmen. Um, yes, I know. Yeah. I, I know his face. Sorry, that I guy don't is. have his name. Yeah, uh, they try to reboot it with him as Freddy. Didn't work for me. Uh, and that whole film was just terrible. I, I remember I saw that film. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, it very was, good. It was terrible. It was terrible. Um, but uh, and uh, Elijah Wood has, uh, and of course we all remember him from um, uh, Lord of the Rings fame, um, but as well as uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, um, the um, damn, what is it? The uh, what's the movie with Jim Carrey where it's about memory? Oh, all right, now I got to look it up. About memory, yeah, liar, it's where, li- no, not liar. No, no, liar. no. It's like where he loses. Uh, he's trying. Him and his girlfriend are trying to like forget each other. Nah, I don't think oh, I saw that one. Oh, fantastic fucking film, and I'm ashamed that I can't even uh, think of the name. You know what Elijah Wood did that was really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that show he had on, I believe it was on FX. The was Eternal like, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's the movie. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. never saw that shit. Yeah, is it? I think you actually love it. It's 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 a really a good movie. But I'm what sorry. was it made? Uh, 2004 is when this came out. The uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's when yeah. I'm not going back to 2004. No, no, it it'll hold up. And Kate Winslet uh, in it, and she's always great. Um, what was that supposed to wow me? Kate Winslet's in it. Yeah, I she guess. let Leo drown. <laughs> oh, fuck with her. <laughs> she's on a no fly zone. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Both of them could have fit, um, fit on, on that the, uh, that door or whatever. If you had to bet your life on it, could they have done? Yeah, they could have both fit. That was, are, a, that if was you, a if you were large there, door. If you're out there on the water, somebody was with you. The water's kind of chilly. I mean, do you yeah, I, I would let them die. I would, I would let them die. Of course. All right. So then, what the fuck are you talking about? Then? But she should have saved. This isn't about. Me. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Um, okay. I'm sorry. What were you going to say about? Uh, you said a show with. Uh, uh, I forgot. It was. was it, uh, was it the show on FX? Yeah, it was about like him, and I think he had this dog. like dog, and he could talk yeah, yeah. to the dog. Uh, what was it called? It was called. Uh, I don't know. I just looked up. I looked for it on IMDb. It didn't really have it. Um, we could fucking move on. Sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how much you care about a lot. Yeah, of wood. Care a lot, yeah. um, but that was good too. That was good too. Yeah. Um, but so, like Wes Craven's estate, 
uh, earlier this year in 2019, they re- they reclaimed the rights to the uh, Freddy Wilfred. Kru- Wilfred, yes, that was yeah, it. That's what the show's called. So they reclaimed the rights to the Freddy Krueger property. Yeah. Um, I I don't recall from reading that article who had the rights, but anyway, they reclaimed the rights, and now they're pitching it out to essentially have it like be rebooted or maybe um you know for a, some writer or director to take it take that property take that asset and then turn it into like a new um uh, feature film or a tv show yeah uh i think i would and and the thing about the whole freddy franchise is that the more comical it kind of got like clearly like the dumber it got right yeah. like they they did like it went from freddy being this like omnipotent sort of like shadow in the background and he because in the original uh uh nightmare on elm street he only had like five minutes of screen time he didn't really didn't have, you didn't see freddie that much but as the series go, went on you just saw started to see him more and the more he was exposed the more dumb shit they just kept doing with him yeah. he's like he just kept doing dumb shit like he was out on the beach, you know, he was, uh, you know, fucking playing video games. He was like, I was just like, how am I supposed to be scared of this dude? I'm not yeah. scared of that. Like, uh, especially in Freddy vs. Jason, I think that's when he, be- he became like the most comical and, and well before yeah. Freddy vs. Jason. You think me, so? Is when that, he for me, that, that was like the peak of like, all right, you know, Freddy's kind of a clown. It started to get around like, like Nightmare on Elm Street, like three or four is when it started to be like, yeah, yo, I say Freddy's a clown. I'm going to have trouble sleeping at night. Nah, <laughs> he's he's going to be like, what no, did you say? No dude. Like, but I, I think that's what I, that's why I've opened up to like this. And we're going to talk about this when, when we talk about our 10 movies, but like, dude, I, I think I'm coming around where it's just like, unless it has to do with like some sort of like, like possession thing. That's when I started getting like, Oh my God, this is a little too much for me. But if it's like fucking Freddy. Yeah. No, like Freddie was in my. Freddy, I'm like, man, get the fuck go, out of my dream, bro. Square up I gotta be. Bit. I gotta be up in five <laughs> hours. Like, I don't got time for this shit, Freddie. I, I don't know what horror movie I was watching. The like, or I saw like a trailer for a horror movie. Oh, oh, it was the Black Friday or Black Christmas thing that we that we uh, that we talked about earlier. Um, it was like, bruh, I don't think I'm gonna be running from this person or this thing. Like, it just looks like a thing. Like, yeah. it, it's not a. This is I, this is a Joe from up the street. Like, I'm hey, not gonna Joe, be. I got my gun on me, Joe. You better get the fuck around here, Joe. Yo, like, if I can square up, <laughs> and then with the you, movie's over. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. If I can throw if hands, I can with square you, up with you. Scared. I'm not gonna. But if it's something that I can't like square up with and all right uh, yeah we might have That's to banish ship on got this the heat on me <laughs> the tuli, you know <laughs> um but uh but yeah so uh, look i, I don't want to talk about this too long but um if now if this if they make this new freddy verse uh um freddy krueger movie and it's like uh set in like east baltimore then I'm gonna be no, you know what? You know, but even if they, he's got to start fucking with some people who've already got some shit going on up there. But that's but I think that can actually be a fucking cool way to sort of a fresh way to fucking look at Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, what if you take it from these fucking the suburbs of like, oh, Jenny had a nightmare and you yeah. know whatever. Like, no, like bring it into like just a different setting, different vibe. You know, just what, are, what are, are you the thinking different of like maybe you maybe you can have like a mental illness discussion exactly. As well. like, you as, could just have some strong social commentary mm-hmm. and and then you can bring it into the age because now we're in the age of jordan peele right uh mm-hmm. those social commentary films are gonna you don't even need to like Annabellum hasn't come out yet yet people are like i i gotta see it immediately um uh so i think as long as you've got something to say that's socially relevant yeah i think you can ship some of these things right um 
so but wouldn't it be cool wouldn't it be different and because you, you've like already done Freddy everything to, you could fucking possibly do with freddie in that context yeah. of kids in the suburbs and yada yada like if freddie were to go into the dreams of someone who actually had was their dreams were like a more darker and demented place than what even freddie oh, was man, ready for now you're, and now freddie's stuck in the dreams of this person who or, or is, what is his equal right or, or or somebody who can't tell like what if you have somebody who can't tell their dream world from reality and like so a lot of the problems is like in in or not a lot of problems but a lot of times what they do is like they'll have the characters like they'll be in a dream and then suddenly you find out they're in a dream but what if the person literally doesn't know like what yeah. what if what if oh freddie pops out of nowhere and you're like oh my god i'm in a dream now like no what if yeah. you're like i have no idea if this is real or not or a person like, who understands the power of their dreams kind of like an, an inception well right? they did that with Nightmare on Elm Street 3 or 4, one of those two, or maybe even both, where they, it's called Dream Warriors, mm-hmm. where they started to like have like powers and shit within the dreams. Like it's like they, they had it and it was fucking cool. It was yeah. actually it's actually really cool how they how they fucking did it. It's actually probably my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street besides maybe 2. 2 is just super fucking creepy, but um in 3 they had it where the kid like the they started to like uh, like they would have dreams and then in those dreams though they would have like fucking superpowers like one of them was like super strong and the other one was like a wizard and then like and they use that to combat freddy like so yeah. whenever you pop up they use their dreams they'd now eventually he'd overpower them and it was just like eh, that's yeah. stupid but like it was like a cool idea but then they just started to get into dumber and dumber like, shit it, from it started there. to get corny and comical and, yeah, yeah you know if they make a new one he's freddy's got to go into like kanye's dreams right? <laughs> <laughs> Kanye is in there waiting oh, for him. Like, it's a disaster. Slavery yeah. was a choice. <laughs> gotcha, Freddy's bitch. Like, and Freddie's just like, man, come on. Freddie's like, what? <laughs> Call me and off then, guard. And then Freddie's in Kanye's dreams and he has a MAGA hat on. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening here? Is this my nightmare? Yeah. <laughs> Who's having the nightmare? <laughs> All right, let's move the fuck on from uh, from uh, Freddie. Um, let's get to something and maybe I should pause. Uh, oh, shit. I'm going too deep. Um, all right, let, let's get into something here that uh, that that we picked up with uh, last week, uh, and we're trying to to cap off now. Uh, we we had a story about the the New York Times having their list of the ten most influential films of this past decade because we are indeed in 2019, and if you haven't looked up by now, that is the end of the 2010s. Right, we're entering the new decade of the 2020s. So New York Times decided to compile this list of the ten most what they deemed as the ten most influential films of this past decade. Uh, and after going dissecting their list, talking about what they had on their list, we said, "Hey, we're going to come back next week and talk about." Um, what we would deem as the 10 most influential films of this past decade. So of course, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we are jumping right into the shits, uh, talking about uh, what we deem as the most influential films. Now that's different from our favorite films of this past decade, because our favorite films is different. It's easy, right? For everybody to come up there what their favorite films are, but what are the most influential, whether it be societal, whether it be uh, in filmmaking itself in terms of the actual, you know, whether it's genre or uh, technically how a film was shot or whatever the case is, 10 most influential films, go. So my list, um, I'm going to give you a background on some others. I'm just going to kind of, you know, it's on my list. Fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start back in 2010 the social network i think that movie oh man you're gonna jump around on me i thought you're gonna go in order from what uh, okay you're I, I go in order i go in okay, order. Okay, okay. so uh 
starting in 2010 still <laughs> in- <laughs> inception right i think yeah, yeah. this movie it, it it challenged so many things as like a filmmaker um you know it challenged you to like be able to for me, this movie was a challenge as a director and like a viewer of somewhat like respecting your audience a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Respecting your audience enough to know that they can understand the complexity of the film and the story. And I think, you know, we saw a lot of really interesting movies, really high level, really intricate, intricate, really intelligent movies follow that. Um, so I do think it kind of like paved the way for a lot of films to come. Yeah. And in it, Inception it, today is still oh, an incredible up. film. And then just even to add in like the actual filmmaking aspect of it, because that scene still is one of the best action sequences I've seen in any yeah. film. And it was all done practically. There was no CGI, no nothing. The, uh, the, uh, um, the scene where JGL, uh, he's uh, fighting the guy, but uh, the room is rotating, yeah, and yeah. you know they're they're going from the ceiling to the ground and yada yada, and it was just it was fucking amazing to watch and to know that there was not a stitch of CGI in that is yeah. mind blowing. Yeah, uh, again, I, when I talk about like both challenging yourself as a director and challenging your audience to like again know what's real, what's fake, um, understand complexities and 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 storytelling, right? Uh, instead of having these very simple, very clean movies where there's, it doesn't really force your audience to think too much. Yeah. They can just watch and enjoy it. Like this movie forced you to think. Yeah. Um, my next one here, Moonlight, phenomenal film. Um, I mean, Marshala Ali, incredible in this movie. What I loved about this was, you know, the, the social commentary as well as like the aesthetic of the film is very beautifully shot. Um, incredible acting, great writing, great storyline. Uh, and again, the social commentary was something that you can't yeah. really shout ignore. out to Barry Jenkins. Yeah. Um, Roma. Wow. When you talk about uh, cinematography, that's what stands out here for me the most. This is a black and white film. Mm-hmm. Um, the two things that stood out for me with Roma were cinematography and sound, right. Mm. And not just, uh, sound in, in terms of like the music that I was playing, but like the absence of music, which was a very powerful tool in this particular film. Mm-hmm. Aesthetically, it was beautiful. Cinematography was excellent. Shout the out score, to uh, 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 Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. The, uh, uh, director. I think this movie, uh, it didn't win best picture. I, I do think it should robbed. have. Yeah. Uh, this movie, they, they definitely got robbed for this film. In the um, Oscars, yeah. But I, I mean, this has to now, not necessarily like reset things, but, I think gonna it's gonna challenge other filmmakers to say, hey, we you can make today a great black and white movie. Music does not always have to be, um, you know, such a prominent feature in a film. Like mm-hmm. it can really, like you can remove the music. You can still have great conversation. You have great storytelling. Um, and again, challenge uh, challenge the dynamic of of today's film. Well, filmmaking. what I what I think it also can challenge filmmakers on is is telling a story that isn't. Um, uh, it doesn't have big explosions. It doesn't have big car chase scenes. Car chase scenes. I mean, it does have this kind of shootout thing, but I mean, like even that is like, it's not the biggest part of the film, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just this really personal story that is just told in a very unique and um, uh, attention stealing way. Yeah. Uh, my next uh, one on my list is Get Out. Uh, Jordan Peele's first. Uh, uh, debut as a director right Mm. this movie classified as a horror movie right uh Mm. i don't think this movie was like 
the the true horror that we're uh, that we're used to or that we were anticipating um but this was more of an like intellectual psychological thriller right again force you to think um it kind of uh, again not necessarily reset anything but change the way that a lot of people view horror films like yeah it, it can be scary mentally and socially right it was a lot of social commentary in this film um that like we haven't really seen before in a horror movie and it was just a great movie yeah good original story yeah uh so the social network again uh what i really liked about the social network during the time that it was made it shows that you can tell a story about something that's currently happening like facebook was happening now right and they told that story in the moment mm-hmm. um in a very detailed way, in a very accurate way, right? With great acting, great writing, great casting. Um, I think that movie led to a lot of movies that would follow where they're telling stories about things that are happening like now yeah. in society. Yeah, David Fincher uh, kind of outdid himself with, uh, with it kind of had the same vibe as kind of like all his films in terms of aesthetically looking um, or aesthetically, uh, as well as just like the kind of tone of it. Um, but there was just something about that was just like different. It hits you different yeah. with uh, the social network. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, to this day, I wonder like when that film came out, right? Mark Wall, Mark uh, Zuckerberg was watching it for the first time. Like mm. you have to wonder what was going through his head as this was happening. Again, that, because it, had to be going it was happening was, now. First thing that had to be going through his head was Eisenberg? Really? Yeah. That's who we're getting. <laughs> we're getting My Jesse wife was <laughs> and, uh, the girl. He uh, the, his his girlfriend in yeah. the Social Network. Um, Zuckerberg was like, man, I, I wish I had that one. <laughs> Can I trade her in? I'm just kidding. It's fucked up. Yeah. What I just said. <laughs> Please forgive me. Um, next is the Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, yeah. holy shit! What a phenomenal movie. Yeah. Um, this is a story, uh, you know, we, we know the Wolf of Wall Street story, but Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in this movie is fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I just think this, in, to be honest, what, how is this movie so influential? I'm not. That's, so that's, that's the part of it that I struggled with. The reason why, because I, I thought it was a great movie too, right? But then I kept thinking like, well, how does it change anything? Like even for Scorsese. Yeah. Doesn't really change anything. I mean, yeah. it's cool, but yeah. So I struggled with this one, but I, I'm still going to keep it on the list because it was such a phenomenal movie. And I don't even know if this movie would make my favorites list, but in terms of influence, I do. And I would still keep it on this list. Might just need more time to think about it. Anyway, yeah. like I said, fuck off if you don't like it. Um, <laughs> Star Wars, the force awakens. Uh, this to me was like the revitalization of the Star Wars franchise to show that there's still more great story to tell. This movie led to a lot of other really good follow-up Star Wars movies. Um, you know, we fast forward to where we are today. We have, um, what is it? The, the last Jedi or that's coming out. The Jedi awakens. The, the, or? No, the, the rise of Skywalker, the rise of Skywalker. I was fucking all <laughs> over the place with that. Um, but this movie is what, re uh what like launched that this whole new storytelling right yeah. and you look at everything we've got since we've got rogue one <laughs> we've got um uh the uh solo ha- han solo movie and then the one with uh fucking lando <laughs> uh, where childish gambino was in it was that han solo yeah, that was solo yeah that was solo yeah didn't he have a standalone? <laughs> Why do you keep doing this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah. no. He, I think everybody was asking that he'd get like a, yeah. his own movie, but uh, but no, we we just got the the solo movie. But uh, but I mean, really, I mean, we, we've got all these shows, though. You know, uh, so for instance, oh, now we shows. have we got the Mandalorian. We got yeah. the Mandalorian now, and, and it was yeah. uh, the Force Awakens that really uh, kicked all of that off. Yeah, it, uh, it wouldn't have it, all that wouldn't have happened if 
that would have choked at the uh, the box office. Yeah, if, if that oh, didn't absolutely hit, not. Yeah, if that didn't hit right, yeah, yeah. all this other shit would have got canceled. Uh, so next on my list is American Sniper. Uh, this film was starring uh, what's our boy's name? Bradley he Cooper. Was in, yep, Bradley Cooper. Uh, again, really just like gritty storytelling, really honest storytelling. Um, I think this was big because after this film was released, a lot of conversations around mental health, right? were happening um particularly mental health with like members uh of the military and this movie did also lead to a lot of like pro-america america first military yeah. first <laughs> a lot of maga dudes came um, out in droves yeah, exactly this, yeah. like this movie was like a lot of people saw this and they went and got guns and they're like oh, i'm a fucking i'm a fucking sniper i don't talk like this and chew tobacco um but said that? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Everybody in, in Alabama and <laughs> Louisiana. And you can never rule visit Texas. those states again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I, I do think there there are a lot of like really gritty uh, like war movies, right? That yeah. followed after this. We've got, uh, what was the movie about Benghazi? Uh, With, uh, oh, uh, Zero Dark Thirty? Zero, uh, well, no, Zero Dark Thirty. And then, no, there was the one with, uh, with Jim. From, oh, from the office. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget what that movie's called. I never watched it. It's a Michael Bay movie. It was good. It was about. really, really good. Uh, um, so definitely. again, we've got a lot of the other like more gritty, like real um, military story movies that I think this kind of opened the opened the door for. Like, let's t- tell us some real stories because um, everything wasn't all like, oh, the troops storm in and save the the people yeah. and rescue the villagers and that's it. No, no, there's a darker side to it. That's what this movie opened up. Yeah. Um, next on my list. Sorry, it's fucking face ID thing. <laughs> is John fucking Wick? Yeah, I knew you'd be excited to this uh, talk movie, about this one. In my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, was influential because it brought back like I'm sorry, but I like the run and gun just shoot, just shoot up them movies, up, right? Yeah. Kill 700 people in the movie. You, I don't care. That's what I want. You know what sorry, we wouldn't like have gotten shit. without a <laughs> without uh John Wick is um uh what's that hardcore Henry? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we would have gotten a hardcore Henry. I don't, I'm pretty sure that came out before John or came out after John Wick. I think it came out after um, the first John got Wick. the accountant. I think the last Jason Bourne movie came out after the first John Wick movie. Uh, I don't think those like the, the, they would have came out with a Bourne regardless. They just went to yeah. Like, Matt was like, wait, how many? But I think that that last Bourne movie was a little bit different. It was like, okay, we can we, you know we can we can play a little bit dirty. Was it? I I honestly don't remember. It was good. Well. It was good. Um, was but, it though? Yeah, I remember it being kind of like eh. Yeah, that's cool. But you remember in like the '90s, right? Like you could have you know the Schwarzenegger, Stallone movies. They would just fucking shoot up everybody, Predator. blow up everything. Yeah, just fucking guns everywhere yeah. and bodies dropping. Yeah, I like that shit. It was good. John, but what John Wick did? Uh-huh. Interesting. It's what? so funny that you talk about that because I remember you say, "Oh man, these women, you know, they're uh, 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 risk grab and this that." Well, that's hand-to-hand combat this shit. Guy, you got to yeah. sell that to me a little bit more. I'm talking about... Talking, this guy does fucking hand-to-hand too. What do you mean? Uh, With like a thousand fucking different people but he who all have guns. Sure, he might like kick you and do a little spin shit and then shoot you in your head, right? A little bit different. Okay. Uh, he's right, not, he, he does no wrist grabs. Moving on. Um, anyway, John Wick, phenomenal film. Um, yeah. John Wick 2 was great. John Wick 3 was... Like, usually when you get to the third movie, you're like... Awesome nah, but fuck no, not John Wick three. That should pick right back up. Yeah, and we're gonna get a John Wick four too. So yeah. looking forward to that. Last yeah. on my list, uh, last but not least, the Avengers. Yeah, I mean this solidified Marvel as the big dog 
in the movie industry, the entertainment world. Um, the Avengers was a combination of several films. You got Captain America, you got Black Widow, the Hulk, you've got Hawkeye, you've got fucking who else is in that movie? Uh, you got Iron Man. Everybody was in this movie, and it was a fucking major success. Everything was blowing up. Great visuals, great acting, phenomenal cast. Did numbers at the box office, um, and then from that we've got. Spark look look at everything franchise. that we have now. Yeah, uh, and ar- it's arguable, right? Like you can argue that okay, maybe it was Iron Man that did all that, and everything else is just piggybacking off of that. But really, I mean, I, w- I would say it's 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 like in tennis, right? Where and I might have made this analogy before, where you you what they call break you, right? So it's like okay, if I serve and I win my serve, I hold my serve. And then you serve, and if I break you, that's good. But now I have to, uh, I have to consolidate the break, meaning that on my next serve, I can't let you break me because otherwise we just exchanged breaks, right? Yeah. I have to consolidate it by also winning that, and that's what uh, uh, the Avengers was was consolidating that break, right? That they broke it with Iron Man, they broke mm-hmm. you, and then they consolidated the shit out of it with the Avengers, like they held it like, yeah. okay, now that point is ours, you know, and you, you can't take that back. Uh, well, I would yeah. say they broke it with Iron Man. Mm. Then they did it again with Captain America. And then the Avengers was, all right, now we're just on a run here. No, I, I, I no, you said that they did it with uh, Captain America. Yeah. No, no, no. The first Captain so? America sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? We're, we're, we're all the not going to pretend. We're not going to like that movie. We're not going to pretend like that was, I that was even it. a remotely good movie. It was only until we got to Winter Soldier where it's just like, yo, we're working with something different here. Um, and the Winter Soldier came after Avengers, right? It did. Yeah. yeah, yeah it came yeah. after. Um, even the first Thor was like, nah. Nah, whatever. Yeah. Um, the first door. And, and then the second the second Iron Man 2 was just like, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's a little questionable. The second um, Iron Man, I actually went back and watched that. Yeah. Uh, I know you like it for some strange reason, but you, you have strange taste. But uh, it was Mickey Rourke. I loved him as um, the villain. I, I, I didn't have a problem with Mickey, but the yeah. whole movie all together, I, I just didn't think it worked. Where's but, my bird? His 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 Russian accent was fucking was, stupid. was shit. <laughs> but to me, after yeah, yeah. the wrestler Mickey Rourke, he can, he can do whatever. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I, to me, the the film the because if that didn't hit, let's yeah. man the ship. Let's figure out what we got to do. Like let's. But that made it so that oh now we can do whatever the yeah. fuck we want to do. If the Avengers didn't work, it was like the, it would be the equivalent of you know seeing Superman bleed for the first time. It's like, oh, they're not as powerful yeah. as we think they are. Okay. Yeah. So all this steam that they built up would have been just like wasted. So yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, it's like dirty talking and then like even foreplay and then nothing happens afterwards and you're just like, oh, wait, God. What? Oh, God. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> no. That should be a felony. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, officer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, she, she got down to her bra and panties. You know, we, it was a little bit of playtime, and then nothing, nothing. Yes, send, send three officers. Send the SWAT team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into uh, what I, what I thought, uh, and this is in no particular order. Um, but I had two specific rules that I, I was trying to follow when I was thinking up, you know, uh, what I would have on my list. Uh, First, I'm not going to repeat anything that we already discussed in the New York Times article. Uh, if you want, just go listen to that uh, section of the podcast uh, or, or watch that YouTube clip that, uh, that that we got out there for you guys um, to let to 
hear what we thought about those particular films. Some of the films might have like the Avengers, for instance, was on that same list that, that you had. But then I also made it a priority not to repeat anything that you had on your list because it's like, well, what fun is that? Yeah. Uh, to talk about stuff that uh, that we already talked about. So without further ado, my first one, again, in no particular order. And actually, before I even talk about that, uh, here are some honorable mentions that I just think God, we got to fucking mention. Like we got to. Well, like what are we doing? We we a decades pass and we were limiting ourselves. Yeah, to I was gonna put the Kim K Ray J sex tape on. It should be. It should be. It should know. be number one. Honestly, yeah. that should be. That's yeah. that, that 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 launched many a careers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sparked Ray J off. That sparked Kim off. That sparked uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. Uh, Kardashians. Got- Kylie. Uh, Kaylee. Uh, any Kylie, other Jenner. Kylie you cosmetics wouldn't uh, exist if Kim didn't suck uh, that dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On camera. <laughs> All right. Uh, just some. Very, she just got 600 mil. I am going to Ray zoom J should this. get half. You're way too excited. Uh, I want to zoom past this. Um, again, just a rundown of just what I thought were fucking very influential films. Creed. Without, like, come on. who th- Like, the Rocky franchise was dead in the water. We thought that we would just never get anything again. And then we got Creed, which was a breath of fresh air. Hell or high water. I thought just was a, fin- a phenomenal fucking film. Um, really sort of changed, not changed, but reinvigorated this whole sort of western sort of film um uh we had la la land thought that was incredible if we uh, and, I'll, and i'll talk about some some something that is in relation to la la land and my actual list her inception which you were yeah on i list. wanted to put her on my list um her was incredible uh moonlight uh, which was already on on nyc's list plus your list uh um get out of course we already talked about that social network roma rogue one i thought and i said that instead of star wars because somebody said um it sparked off. It start sparked off the standalone um, Star Wars yeah. films, which I think was a little more key than, or a little different than. Although people don't necessarily hold it as in in such a high esteem as like the the Star Wars canon, um, or like the the Skywalker uh, timeline. Um, but Rogue One was, I think, important. One that I don't think you've seen was uh, Before Midnight, which is the conclusion to the Before Sunset. Don't tell me what I haven't series. seen. You haven't seen. I it. didn't see it. Yeah. No. Um, I thought, but that's for me to decide. Fair enough. Uh, probably the best best trilogy I've ever seen. I and it, but it's not the trilogy like like we're thinking of like a John Wick or any like it's just this really quiet these conversations uh, between Julie De- uh, Delpy and um, uh, Ethan Hawke uh, and directed by Richard Link uh, Linklater. Best series, best trilogy that I, I can think of. We have The Revenant. I thought that was mm, one that we missed out on. Shit. Um, Manchester by the Sea, which was the best film that I saw that year. I think that was 2016. Hands down the best film I saw that year. Didn't yeah. think that that was up against Moonlight as well as La La Land. I thought by hands down, Manchester by the Sea should have won that And year. to be honest, I think that movie would have made a lot more lists mm-hmm. if it wasn't like, you know, the whole Casey Affleck, probably. the probably. controversy. That's probably true. Whenever there's controversy around like a project or a film, mm-hmm. it's going to be taken off a lot of lists, even Absolutely. though really those two things should be entirely separate. Absolutely. Um, uh, one that I... Hold on, let me just make sure it's not on my actual when, list. When did Gone uh, Gone Girl? I was that was literally that the was, next one on my where, list. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to make sure it wasn't on my actual list because I forgot which uh, I'm looking at two different lists here. But yeah, Gone Girl, uh, another uh, David Fincher uh, fucking masterpiece. Um, uh, then I have uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, really, this quiet meditation on uh, mental illness, uh, as far as uh, you know, uh, teenagers go. Um, Lady Bird. Um, I thought yeah. it was uh, was fantastic. The first outing from Greta Gerwig. Um, I thought it was just a, a great. Uh, it was. It, it, look, I, I didn't necessarily identify with it in terms of like it's. It had 
like the relationships and things like that, that, that necessarily I identified with, but I could see how to a lot of, uh, 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 suburban, uh, white women, I'm sure that spoke exactly to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then of course I had black Panther, uh, X machina, tangerine, um, as well as the Florida project, uh, sh- both films by Sean Baker, I thought were just, uh, amazing and tangerines unique because it was all shot on an iPhone. I thought that was fucking unique. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it, that yeah. one. Um, uh, uh, and then I have the big short, which I thought was a very big short was a great film. one. Yep. Uh, um, uh, and then v- the Avengers and of course, bridesmaids, which we already covered it, uh, with, uh, the New York times list. Okay. Without further ado, let me talk about the films that I believe are most, uh, influential of the, this past decade. First one, it follows. I thought it follows was enormously influential because it reinvigorated the horror franchise. I think the horror franchise at that point was stale. We just got so much of the same shit. It's just paranormal activity after paranormal fucking activity. And then it follows comes along. And then all of a sudden you have this new sort of, it's not fresh in what it did, but it, it reinvigorated a franchise or a, a genre that was just so stale with the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and look, when I watched it follows, I was like, I mean, this is kind of scary. And it actually was genuinely scary at times. Um, but what really made sort of the difference was like the soundtrack. Uh, it had this really sort of like 80s sort of throwback slasher film kind of um, soundtrack, uh, as well as like the themes they dealt with and 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 just the idea of it. It was just like this unique thing that I think that was just the right combination of old shit with new shit yeah. um, that I think just hit. Uh, and, and everybody was talking about it is like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I didn't think it was that amazing, but I can respect the fact that it was that influential and, yeah. it, and it spurned off a lot of these other films that we're watching even to this very day. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the next film I've got is again, this is in no specific order, but if I had an order, this would probably be number one Birdman. Um, holy fuck. This movie by Alejandro uh, Inuratu, uh, who also did the Revenant, which I mentioned uh, quickly with the, um, uh, with the, with the sort of um, runners up. Um, Birdman, I can't say enough about this fucking film. Like, uh, from the style of it to the acting in it, yeah, the, um, the to the dialogue to the scenes, dialogue oh to God. to the fact that it's Michael Keaton who you know he he was Birdman. Uh, he was he he played Batman. Um, it's just an amazing fucking film. But I think the reason why I say it's so influential is because, dude, uh, it was all essentially, uh, it it was it wasn't shot like or it. Technically, wasn't shot one shot. Yeah, but it felt like it was one shot the entire fucking film. Yeah, which is a feat that's incredible. And and so many films have sort of mimicked this. Like, and and, and to be fair, a lot of other films did that before Birdman, but this perfected it. And you can see, like, uh, the movie Nineteen Seventeen, which is a war movie that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of copies the whole idea of doing sort of a one shot sort of film um you can see how this film has had ripple effects throughout cinema yeah uh, in in the years following and, and the thing about this film is like again that that single take that that one shot and the way the uh the type of camera style that they use really makes you feel like you're in, involved in uh, the yeah. conversation Absolutely. i mean there were dialogue scenes between michael keaton and, and emma um, stone emma stone in which you felt like you were the third person in that conversation Absolutely. um so as a director or a cinematographer watching this movie you're like 
Mm, I I gotta try some of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and then this next film, uh, and I said I mentioned one of the this. Uh, I mentioned La La Land before, and uh, I am showing uh, Whiplash right now because this was the first film from Damien Chazelle, um, who he and you, you had uh, Moonlight on your list. Yep. Uh, the reason why I didn't have it on my list because for one, it was already covered by you as well as and and NYT, um, and also. Uh, I think you can't talk about either of their careers without speaking about the other. Cause we had a whole concert Their Their careers are forever going to be linked because of that. Like Tom fucking Brady fiasco. and Bill Basically, or, or not even Tom, but I would say like Tom Brady and like Peyton Manning, right? Like you yeah. can't really mention Tom or Brady. Michael B. Without, Jordan and, um, uh, who directed Fruitvale station again? Uh, oh, uh, Coogler, uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Coogler. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, uh, so we had the whole fiasco at the Oscars where La La Land looked like it was taking home the Oscars. And then they're like, oh, no, no, no. We got it wrong. It was uh, it was Moonlight. That was the, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, no, a few I remember years that. Ago. Um, so uh, but but what makes it unique, I think, is, is that uh, he, uh, Damien Chazelle and Barry Jenkins both sort of came out with fantastic fucking films that were vastly different, um, but were were very appreciated nonetheless. Uh, and Whiplash was the first film that i saw of damien chagall's again he, he i think it was his first uh, true feature film uh and it was it blew me the fuck out of the water and it, it changed everything that i knew about music and how it relates to film and and that whole sort of dynamic and uh miles teller gave a fucking fantastic performance in it jk simmons gave a fantastic uh i said that very country like but uh gave a <laughs> fantastic um fantastic performance in it um and it, it is just it, it, it sparked off his career and from that we got la la land and then from that we got um what's the uh the neil armstrong movie um uh, man on the moon no it wasn't man on the moon uh, uh no, that sounds right. Man on the Moon? No, no, it wasn't Man on the Moon. It was moon um God on the Moon. <laughs> Something Moon. <laughs> uh, um First Man. First Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we got First Man. Uh I think he's a very talented director. Anyways, moving on. Uh the next one I wanna I'm gonna put the Jungle Book. Uh the reason why I have the Jungle Book on here isn't because it's my favorite. Um again, I think it's the most influential. And if we think back to this whole reinvigoration of this whole what year live did the action come out again? 2015? I want to say it was, it might've been a little no, earlier. Cause didn't it drop on Netflix? It yeah. Had, it came out on Netflix. It had to have been 17. No. Why is that? Because I remember like my daughter wanted to watch it. And well, I mean, it's, it's, Oh, you know what? Netflix, Never mind. That was Mowgli. Yeah. Which is like the sequel, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm sorry. This was 2016. Okay. Um, yep. That, the, that right. the, the jungle book came out. Um, all of these live action Disney films that we're seeing now, it all started with the jungle book. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't get that and if that didn't hit, we wouldn't have got any of this other yeah, shit. We wouldn't have got so Mowgli. I think Aladdin, it's very, it's been a very Lion King remake. Mulan absolutely. is coming. Um, so I think that's why it's one of the most influential films of this past decade. Uh, again, not my necessarily cup of tea, but I can see how it could, it, it should be that the next one, probably one of my favorite ones on the list is hereditary. Uh, hands down one of the scariest films <laughs> that I've ever seen. Did um, I see this one? Probably not. I uh, haven't seen it yeah, yet. No, no, no. Uh, one of the scariest films that I've ever seen, but also I think we, we still haven't felt the full repercussions of it. Meaning that uh, we, we did get Midsummer from, um, from the director, from the same, same director that made a uh, hereditary. Um, damn it. Why am I, why is his name skipping me right now? But um, the reason why I think it's so influential is because it changed what, 
you would think of as a horror movie that mm-hmm. you go into it thinking it's one thing and you come out thinking, no, that wasn't what I thought it was going yeah. to be, you know? And I think that that's what a lot of um, horror films are sort of starting to catch on to is let's let not let the cat out of the bag with the trailer, with the whatever, like let's not let them know exactly what you're going to get with this. And I'll be damned if I don't, if, if hereditary didn't kind of start that trend. Yeah, and maybe that is what had led us to like Jordan Peele's us. Right. Yeah. I, I, I uh, well, cause I think us came out, might've come out before hereditary. Cause if I'm not mistaken, then hereditary us led way for hereditary. <laughs> either way. Well. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let, let's go to the next one. Uh, I think another very influential film of this past decade was boyhood. Uh, and the reason why, again, not necessarily one of my favorite films of this past decade, but I think it's one of the most important that I think this is how you tell a story over the course of time. So many people cast and and because of just practicality, right? Like you, you, you cast, like if you want to tell a story over a long period of time, you cast the person that you show as like a 12 year old, you cast them. And then you cast the older person that is not the same person at all, clearly. Um, and, but that's how you tell the story boyhood changed that complete fucking dynamic where you're following the same person through all of these years of uh their life which is the perfect way to tell a fucking story it's the quintessential film and i think uh even if you want to mimic that you would need 12 years in order to mimic that <laughs> you know what i mean so it, it it's uh i thought it was a groundbreaking film and i think uh whether i like the story or not or whether i thought it was a good story or not i think it's irrelevant its impact on hollywood its impact on cinema at large i think can't be denied and R- richard linklater um he had a fucking great idea and 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 kudos to him for sticking with it and 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 seeing it through because that's that's a tough to fucking wrangle all these fucking cast members and shit for you know i think every two or three years he would get them together that's some hard shit to do yeah um, so i gotta give it up to him um okay uh one more uh, uh is a uh, greenberg uh this is a lesser known film or not even a lesser known film but uh not that many people this is one of those that i'm sure you'll say like oh you know, nobody fucking seen that. You're right. The problem is, is that it started a trend that we see in all these movies. I forget what we were talking about. We might've been talking about one of these films that, that was on the New York times list, but this whole idea of mumblecore, I, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Term. Yeah. Okay. This to me, at least was the film that started mumblecore. This is the, 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 and what film was that on the New York times? List yeah. That? I'm trying to remember. I'm looking at their list right now. Uh, I can't remember what film they were talking about. Um, Hold on, let me let me see if I can quickly scroll through right here. Uh, we have Blackfish. Nope, that's not it. Um, that was a pretty solid list too. That uh, that, that they, they had. Out. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, is it as good as mine? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I can't find what movie that they were talking about. I don't uh, think it was. Uh, was it um, Oak Oak Oakja? No, no, it wasn't that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was I one can't of the movies you. you'd seen. I'd not seen this film. Really? I don't believe. I remember not seeing the, the actual film that they were talking about. Mm. Anyway, yeah, yeah let's uh, let's move on. Um, okay, so uh, to me, the, the Greenberg was so, sort of the first start of that because uh, uh, Noah uh, Baumbach, who uh, directed Greenberg, is sort of like the grandfather of uh, uh, Mumblecore. Uh, him and Greta Gerwig, she, who's also in this film, 
um, they kind of perfected that sort of thing. And I think that they did that with the film Greenberg. Now he came out with a, a few films beforehand that I think uh, that there just weren't in this decade. Um, but it wasn't, I, I think until Greenberg where he was like really well known and, and really sort of got his name out there. Um, and that kind of spawned off like a, a series of other films that he he's done that saw, sort of followed in that same pattern. So I think it's a very important film. Uh, the next one, I think it, it just, it, it speaks for itself. I don't think there's really much I can say about it. What you got? Spotlight. I haven't seen this one. Come on. Spotlight. Think about it. Who's Think about Spotlight? it for a second. Come on. Michael, Michael Keaton, Amy Adams, or not Amy Adams, um, uh, Rachel McAdams. Um, it's about the priest, about the Catholic Church. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, Very did, important. You know what? I think I did see this one. Who else was Of course was you it? saw it. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what I, what I, what can I say about this? It it fucking shined a light on all the fuckery, both literally, literally. and figuratively, <laughs> that was happening with the uh, Catholic Church. Um, which uh, I, I tie this to. Uh, I kind of see it the same as I see the Big Short. Only this, I think, is is a little more well. It's a little easier to understand. It's it's just like less complicated. Yada yeah. yada. Um, but I think they're both very important in that they. Uh, they they have these they're trying to capture something that happened to the world um but uh doing it in a very sort of clearly like a dramatic way but in an understandable way like they're, yeah. they're, spotlight was just a really fucking good movie like forget it the subject matter for a second it was just a good movie and i think when you combine the two it's just like well how can you deny the effect of, that this thing's having yeah i mean and i think a movie like this and i, I do remember this film i led ways to I think a lot of filmmakers yeah. not being afraid to go, challenge go yeah. whether it's government or uh, you know, oh, big yeah, yeah, We've yeah, got yeah, the movie yeah. with Mark Ruffalo. Um, Dark Waters. Uh, Dark Waters coming out. The report um, with um, Adam Driver. Exactly. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned the big short. These movies that are like, hey, we, we're going to tell these stories about these big companies. Snowden. These gov- uh, yeah, Snowden was a great uh, one with yeah. um, uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Or, no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, with, uh, no he was in Snowden, right? No, I don't think he's in Snowden. Uh, you, you, I think you're talking about uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, was it JGL? Yeah, Jason Gordon Lovett. You or sure it wasn't J- Cumberbatch? No, no, he no, he was in. Um, I know. I, I think I know what you're. He he was Julian Assange in. Yes. Um, fuck, I forget what the the the, the what the film's called. Yeah, but, anyway. uh, but he was Julian Assange. Yeah. So uh, again, we have these like. Uh, movies where you know again filmmakers and writers and directors are not afraid to tell these stories because of you know what movies like spotlight do and and when they're successful and they're received well uh, and you know there were you know you know the fucking pope francis was trying to shut this down immediately he He was was like he was on set every day like guys he was across the street like (laughs) shut it down shut it like this sign like pope francis is that you you? (laughs) he was like uh uh, no taking his hat off like no that's not me (laughs) you're in the outfit you're in the pope he's like uh uh, give me my jacket but uh, you got in the pope mobile (laughs) i'm out of here (laughs) the bulletproof glass dome (laughs) we out (laughs) and it said the vatican on it um, but yeah, you know, again, I think when you arrive at a point in film where like stories being told in which like, you know, filmmakers are not afraid to tell the stories yeah. or someone does it first where they're like, Hey, I told this story. Um, maybe it was a dangerous story to tell. Maybe it was a story that you know, public opinion 
against there was a lot of people who didn't want this film to come out oh of course yeah because a lot of people still drinking the juice yeah you know? and a lot of people yeah. still to this day despite everything despite like oh. the, the 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 veil on, that dude. this you, film you lifted wanna... a lot of people still deny any of it ever really happened yeah you don't want your you know it, it, you, you loved your parents since you were you know obviously since you were born they're the ones who provided for you cared for you and then all of a sudden to find out hey who have you been touching yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want that. So that's so why Billy. See it. <laughs> that's why we don't see him Doesn't anymore. Come over. <laughs> but uh, like, I remember after um, having watched this movie, I was dating a girl at the time, and her parents were. I think it was her like grandmother was like devout Catholic, mm, right? Yeah. Um, we were over her house, and we were having a conversation. Um, and you know, to her core, she uh, she, she refused to believe it. that the Vatican, mm. you know, the Pope, the cardinals, the priests could do anything wrong yeah. she completely dismissed all of the very substantial evidence presented in this film and then, I, ironically and then the enough, news stories that followed ironically enough the film deals with that with people who are just like nope that didn't happen yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy how powerful religion is and I, this movie definitely speaks about a, a yeah, lot of that absolutely uh all right uh this before we get into our press play yeah. tonight do you know what i what i want to know i think is the most significant piece of um uh, of film or you know of history that was documented over the past i still have one more by the way but you ha- oh i'm sorry go ahead go no, ahead no, no, sorry, i thought you were done because that was a big one no, no well that was a big i, I should have ended right? yeah you should have no but i'm gonna go with a more yeah, you're gonna go bigger it depends on what you mean by bigger <laughs> oh damn no yeah, second damn. to last one i'm sorry uh holy shit x machina um yes uh one of the most influential science fiction films of the 2010s and it shows you this film had a $15 million budget. Do you know what other films do with $200 million? Not a Half goddamn thing. That, did, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, amazing what Alex Garland was able to do with this film, Ex Machina, with such a, a, a minuscule budget. And Alicia uh, Vicklander, and I hope I'm pronouncing her, her name right, standout fucking performances. I think this is one of the first major performances of her career. Great, yeah. great performance. Uh, Oscar Isaac, fucking mesmerizing he performance. was like he was out of this world in that fucking film you you like you kind of couldn't take your eyes off of him in this movie absolutely his performance was so stellar absolutely and uh again this was highly influential because it, it, it i think it showed science fit uh science fiction filmmakers that hey you don't need an absurd budget in order to make obviously 15 million still cool still cool dollar amount yeah. but when you're talking about in the scope of like you know science fiction films you could you could get a lot more and do a lot less uh, than than this film did. So I think it's it's clearly one of the most influential. And it was charming too. Like one of my Absolutely. favorite scenes in this movie was like the dance scene. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Charming scene uh, in the movie. Such a good film. Uh, and, and then uh, the most controversial probably film on my list, Magic Mike. I think you have to give it up. One of the most influential films of the 2010s. You you may feel a certain way about it. Right, you may you may be like ah, that's a shitty film, yada yada. You cannot deny how influential this film has been on society at large. You just can't you can't yeah, do it. You I can't, can't deny I can't even deny that. Single handedly resurrected the song uh, "Pony" by Genuine. Mm-hmm. Suddenly everybody's singing it now. Everybody's oh, remember that song? His streams went up. Genuine needed that money. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so if, this was highly no influential on him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but then also this year we got uh, one of the more standout films of the year, Hustlers. We don't get Hustlers if we don't have Magic Mike. Yeah, 
We don't get hustlers if you don't have Magic Mike. Uh, so I think that, uh, and and then uh, I'll go with one just standby that I just didn't make the list, but I thought was definitely one of the most influential films of the the this last uh, decade, Life of Pi. Phenomenal film. Yeah. I personally, I hated it, but. Uh, I loved it. It was yeah. a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I hated it with everything I have in me, but uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't really hate it with everything I have in me. I'm saying that to be funny, but I, I, I think it's hard to deny that influence that, that it had, but. I just when had did many... Slumdog Millionaire come out? Oh shit! Uh, that was twenty. No, that was that was in two thousands. I don't think that it was, was in the twenty tens. Yeah. Let me let me double check that. I think I the... wanted to add it to my list, but it may have just been like no, two years prior. You... It may have been like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You you know who? Um, uh, Dev Patel. Um, yes. Oh. Uh, who he was, who in... was also in Life of Pi? Yeah. Uh, who was he in Life of Pi? Wasn't he? Might have been. I don't. I'm not I think sure. so. Uh, Dev Patel, who was who may or may not have been in. Um, Life of Pi, uh, but was certainly in Slumdog Millionaire, who th- that's essentially where he sort of uh, cut his teeth. Um, he was in one of the movies that I, I don't know if it was influential, but I thought it was one of the best movies of the 2000s or 2010s, Lion. Ooh, yo, I cried. Yo, waterfall. Oh my God. I, waterfall. <laughs> oh, um, my you God. know, and, and I, I, I I should have put that movie on my list. I don't know why I didn't think of that movie, but hey, it was, what can I tell you, man? My list is just fire. I, Although I, I did, that didn't make yeah, my list either. I told people like after seeing that movie, I told a lot of people, I was like, you have to watch this movie. But, you but have to do it. What I, what I understand about that movie, it's not the type of movie that's going to hit everybody the same. Meaning that I think depending on where you're at with your life, what's going on, what's happening with you. And, you know, honestly, if you are a guy or if you're like, you know, like somebody who's just like, who places a lot of emphasis on family, yada, yada that can hit you a lot of different ways. Very at, true. At that particular moment that I watched it, I was just like, wait, why did he make a movie about my life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, felt if it, you have you know? children, it may hit you a little bit differently than like, if you're, if you just have siblings, right. Cause the loss of your sibling, you know, yeah. the loss of a child as a parent, um, you know, the challenges of like your family structure, right. If you have someone in your family who has like a mental illness and how, you know, if you're, if you're adopted, right. This movie yeah. is, is going to hit you so many different ways um it was just a phenomenal movie yeah. like dude i'm not afraid to admit to anybody i fucking cried like a bald, baby bald when i was watching this movie yeah. multiple times too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. yeah i'm glad you uh, you you brought that one up and yeah. no he was not in life for pie yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was trying to save you for that <laughs> all right let's um look we're, we're going to try to go through this a little faster than we usually do but let's do uh oh damn i did have the thing up um uh let's do our press play uh ladies and gentlemen we're going to hit you uh as uh, DJ Khaled would say, with another one. I, don't, I, don't like, I didn't like your, your tone when you did you didn't? it. Well, how no, how he, should it have been? DJ Khaled, he does like another one. That's how he does it. Another one. Special cloth alert. Another one. I, I so badly want to steal that from Khaled. <laughs> I mean, special I think cloth alert. Did, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Right, it, it's just like the, the cool shit it that rappers say. Fucking fire! Special cloth alert. Yo, it's like, damn, I want um, that special cloth. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're going to get into uh, the Mandalorian. Now, we already did a press play on the first episode of the series uh, by Disney Plus, um, but we are going to talk about some of these other episodes that have uh, have transpired. Um, now we could do it individually or we could just do it all at once. Let's just do it all at once since we're both fucking yeah. tired. It's late at night. Uh, and it is, uh, a hump day. 
It's a Wednesday. <laughs> hump day. Um, that um, was a great commercial. It was a great commercial, but Fuck. probably the most annoying because everybody tried to recreate it. Yeah. And, and for like two like years the, straight, it was the just The people like, who weren't like this, ugh. that commercial opened up the door to like people in the office yeah. who weren't funny. No <laughs> one really liked to now try and yo, join the, the reason the why I'm laughing is because yo that could not be there has not been a truer statement in human history it's than like, what like you no just one said like <laughs> fucking Greg but that commercial comes out so now, oh, now Greg, Greg is like, thinks hey, he's the man you know that hump dude it's like fuck you Greg <laughs> fuck you <laughs> holy shit all right uh let's let's jump into the shits uh so we got the uh, the mandalorian episodes two or chapters through uh two through four so far uh this is uh december 4th that we're discussing this so i'm sure there will be new episodes uh later on but um this is where we are right now uh yeah let's just jump into shits what do we think about the plot of uh these these two through four episodes uh how do we feel about that so you know we we all know bobo fett I think he's one of the more beloved, one of the more intriguing star, uh, characters in the uh, ever expansive uh, Star Wars universe, right? Yeah. I, I think this show, and and again, going back to what we talked about with The Force Awakens or maybe even Rogue One, where you know it talks about uh, different storylines outside of the Skywalker storyline, because there's so many intriguing characters, um, um, Boba Fett, you know, a Mandalorian, a Mandalorian being one of them, mm-hmm. um, this it this stories being told at like the perfect time mm. right mm-hmm. um and i love the fact that th- this is not a movie this is a show so you can really see it episode by episode moment by moment um so the story is going to get richer and richer mm-hmm. uh again i i i, I know we, it's easy to say that this is well timed but this is really coming out at a great time in which we're see, we're getting the end of the Skywalker story with this upcoming movie, mm-hmm. but we still have so much rich story to tell. And the Mandalorian is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think everything you said was absolutely true, but speaking specifically about like the plot in the actual uh, show, I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of lacking a little bit. I'll be perfectly honest. Cause I, I think it, 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 it seems like a series that looks like it might be from a different company, but still has the heart of disney looks really good looks fantastic aesthetically it's beautiful yeah beautiful the story i don't know i don't know i don't know where this is going i don't know if it's and and the reason why i can tell that right i think it's um i think it's episode four the one with uh gina uh, uh, gina Carano. carano yeah um it started out with like this scene uh, and uh, if I have to do this fine, but uh, spoiler alert, I guess for anybody out there who's you know dumb enough to click on our fucking review for something and not expect to not have watched it yet. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, the opening scene uh, is with this lady. She's, you know, they live in a village. She's picking some shit. And then like the, I guess the first order or them, I don't know who the fuck it is at that point, but uh, they start attacking or, or maybe it's just like some like freelanders from. Yeah. From I, I think it's just are. like just uh, savages from savages from are. another village. Yeah. Um, so they start attacking yada yada where I knew it was getting soft was when her kid was screaming and she had to go get the kid. And it's just a moment where you're like, yeah, that kid's done. That yeah. kid's a goner. Kid's you're like, it's about to happen. And no, she saves the kid. They're both fine. And I was just like, 
what the fuck Disney like yeah like I get it I get it I get it like it's not Disney, gonna kill kids on Disney TV plus but fuck if there was ever an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to it was that like uh, I, I, that'd have been a great opportunity that would have sent it into this dark place and I was like yeah now we're getting there with yeah. the Mandalorian but it went to this like eh, everything's great in the world and nothing really like if you think over like the last like the, even from the first episode what has happened that's like been like <gasps> shocking outside of of course spoiler alert baby Yoda yeah what's um, happened that's been like oh my god this is crazy so nothing batman begins right in my opinion um it wasn't like a great movie it was really really good it opened up the you know the the batman story to give us the dark knight and the dark knight rises right sure. um so being just in the first four episodes i think what we've been given thus far mm-hmm. has been a very intriguing character mm-hmm. char- we haven't even seen pedro pascal's face yet under the helmet but already the characters is charming uh he has character right um he has background and a storyline that like you kind of want to follow i do think uh and i remember at the beginning of episode four when you know that battle happened and you know again to your point the kid didn't die i think that would have been a a a good point to depart from the star wars storyline which a lot of times you know is all you know sunshine and rainbows right and tell maybe a a darker unless you're the lars family which uh, i don't know if you remember them but they're the uh, family that was watching over luke uh in the uh, new hope where yes he stays with and then he comes back Everybody fried to Chris. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it got a little dark when it comes to the Lars yeah. family, but <laughs> but yeah. like, here would have been an opportunity because like this 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 huge uh, Star Wars universe, right? And you know the 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 Jedi, right? Is it the Jedi's or the not the First Order? They're the bad guys. Um, who are the good guys again? The Jedi. The Jedi. Yeah. Aren't they like called something different company? Uh, the the dark ones are called the Sith. Yeah. Uh, so you have the Jedi and the Sith that are and the First Order. They're the, the bad First guys, Order. Right? Just like is like the reincarnation. Of I thought like the, the Jedi's the were Empire. also called something else. You like the, the Jedi, Jedi are, Council. The Jedi gotta, are like a group of people, but they're underneath like a certain like empire, right? No, not to mind. Look, they're far more knowledgeable. I'll give my yeah. Dan. Hey, hey, shout out to Dan. I'll get Dan in here to school <laughs> me on. I'm sure I've said 18 things already that probably piss him yeah. off. Like that's not what the fuck it is. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I know the, the Jedi's are like a group of. Um, skilled or talented people right i think they're just called jedis dude i don't know <laughs> the jedis fight for the the good side right uh, oh you mean uh you mean the rebellion the rebellion yeah yes yeah. yes okay yeah, yeah um i forget why i'm trying to make that <laughs> distinction uh, i forget where i was going with this but yeah, anyway me too <laughs> here this would have been an opportunity to tell like a, a story that's much different than what's been told. Yeah. But I do still think there's, you know, we're still early on in the series. There's yeah, still much. We're more still about. early on, but you get shows. Like I remember watching, look, we, we watched the first five minutes of breaking bad. We knew what the fuck we were in for. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we're in some crazy shit here. I'm not saying you give us that, but give me something in the first four fucking hours. You've got you've got four episodes worth my attention. No, I think the first Give five, ten minutes of The Mandalorian where like he walks into that bar and then that fight scene but, breaks but out. Here, here's the thing. That's all based on action. That's not based on plot. Like I so I'm talking about like Give me something within the plot that's like, whoa, this is this look, as as maybe then this is what we call the podcast. It just hits you different. Like nothing in here has really hit me different than than See, anything else that's, that's where i have to agree I, I i do think for me this plot is very interesting because it's like 
this lone soldier, this lone Mandalorian, right? Who like I'm starting to wonder and really wonder like why he's so intent on like taking these missions and taking these jobs. Like it's not just that he's a bounty hunter. He's like oh, running no, from something. Yeah, we, right? we, we we get the uh we get the flashbacks when he's a kid and I'm sure we'll have something that ties into that, yada yada. But I think that that's like a typical like look. We have Han Solo. We have, uh, um, I don't know uh, somebody else from the fucking Star Wars universe. Like it, it's just like these recurring story of like these loners. Who are mm-hmm. Like oh, they're forced not to be loners and they're forced to be team players, but they're still kind of loners at heart. And it's just like ah, come on, I've seen this before. Like and then look, I actually like what I'm seeing. All I'm saying is yo, just hit me with something different. So I'm like. At any moment, I can be ready for something crazy to happen. And right now, I'm not. Right now, I'm just like, eh, we're just matriculating along. And it's like, it's like the difference between a West Coast offense and like a run and gun shoot 'em offense, right? Yeah, the run and gun shoot 'em. That's exciting. I don't know what's going to happen on any play. Fucking, uh, 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 what's his name? Mahomes can just bomb it downfield and like run some crazy shit. Yeah. West Coast. I'm going to dump it off here to my running back. I'm going to. It's go- you might win the game. But it's kind of going to be boring a little bit. It's it's yeah. going to be mundane. You know? I get that. So far, I I think the story is moving at a good speed. Okay. I like the character. I like the other characters I've been introduced to, both mm-hmm. Baby Yoda and Gina Carano's character. Mm-hmm. Um. I I think that what's coming is going to continue to enrich the story that's already been being told. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's- what if the Mandalorian is gay? I think that might be a thing, right? Because okay. the the woman in the village was clearly, you know, trying to throw it at him, and then he didn't bust it down. So there might be something there because he didn't want to take off the mask. You know, that you would gotta, be very interesting. You got to respect the mask. Uh, okay, let, let's jump into characters. Who do we think uh, is kind of like the MVP? Who do we think is the runner up, or whatever the case is? I mean, and I think you, you kind I, of just talked. I, I about think that. this is pretty pretty uh, uh, easy toss up for me. What Pedro Pascal has managed to do as the Mandalorian is be a character that can't see the dude's eyes, but I, I know what's going on with him. Yeah. You, you can't see his face. All you can hear is his voice and then like his mannerisms and, and like the way he carries the character. Right. Um, you know, obviously there are like a lot of intense fight scenes and he sells that, right. He's not like this, you know, incredible warrior but he's someone who's like who gets it done every time right mm-hmm. so like slowly but surely you like him you know he has a story um he he's definitely my my you know he, he he's my winner um runner up baby yoda <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, sorry, i'm kidding runner up was um, in, in, in episode i believe it was episode two uh we were introduced to the uh, robot um, and that was still that was still one. Are you talking about like that? Are you talking about the one that uh, that he ended up having to to dust off? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's Alpha Tower. I want to say yep. that. Yeah. Nope. 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 Um, the the actual robot. Fair enough. Remember? No, I know the robot you're talking about. I don't know what the robot's name was. Yeah. N- neither do uh, I. Ig Eleven. Probably. Oh, you know, it probably was because that was apparently voiced by Taika uh, Waititi, which he, he always does some weird, quirky shit. Uh, like he plays Korg in um, uh, in uh, uh, Thor. Um, so I think that is the that is the character. Okay, yep. Uh, I, yep. I, I see that here. Taika Waititi. Uh, I think that character was very interesting. Um, Star Wars has a 
has a knack for being able to create um, fake or you know robotic characters that have somewhat of a personality of their own. We know R two D two. We know um, uh, C three PO. I think he, here was another introduction, and I think this character is going to come back. Yeah. Um, here's another introduction of a character that's like has somewhat of a human element mm-hmm. and a personality that you can you know identify with and you want to see this character succeed like you yeah. want to see their story continue to build and grow and get in, and become enriched yeah. and i also like um uh gina carano's character i think she's going to be a notable sidekick or you know a partner for the mandalorian yeah uh i i would say yeah hands down my my mvp would have to be pedro pascal uh he, he's done a lot with a little uh he, he reminds me of uh, tom hardy with uh like in bane or with bane where like uh you know, given a goddamn mask here and you're asked to create like an entire character with this mask on your face, stuff to do. Um, Pascal is taking it to the next level with his entire face being covered and still having, still being able to drive home emotions and those type of things, which is not an easy task. Uh, but my runner up is very interesting. I have the character of Quill, K U I I L, or however you pronounce that. Quill? 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 I don't know. Um, but it is voiced by Nick Nolte, this character. The reason why is just simply for one line. I have spoken. That was Nick Nolte. Yeah. <laughs> so I just fucking, lo- I don't know why I love that so much. Every time he would fucking finish what he was saying, he'd be like, I, have, I spoken. have spoken. And then just bounce. Like, <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> like, that, and that, it's hard not awesome, to love dude. Nick Nolte. He really has is. a it very really um, unique voice, right? Like there yeah. are people who... Uh, not like a voice you're ever going to hear in like a Disney movie, um, but a very strong voice still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I think, uh, you know, the people who come to mind when I think of like really interesting, unique voices like Jason Statham, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Nolte. Uh, um, who's the, uh, what's her name? Female actress, Zoe Deschanel. Okay. Very like unique voices that have like a, a texture to it mm. that plays well for voice acting, mm-hmm. especially in like more adult movies, not necessarily like Disney films, yeah. even though uh, Zoe Deschanel was in pets and pets too. Yeah. Um, okay. And I, and I should have mentioned this at the beginning. Uh, some of the directors, obviously John Favreau is the creator of the show, but uh, some of the directors uh, as well as writers are uh, of course, George Lucas, Rick uh, uh, Fumu, uh, Fumu, you got Iwa. it. You got uh, it. From Iwa, uh, Dave Fil- Filoni, or Christopher Yost, uh, and then some of the directors of the uh, of the Mandalorian's episodes. I don't know specifically what episodes, although I do know Bryce Dallas Howard actually directed that last episode, episode four. She directed because I noticed it in the credits. I was like, oh shit, Bryce Dallas Howard directed this. Who the fuck is that? Uh, she's the uh, counterpart to Chris Pratt in uh, Jurassic World. Mm. Um, she was in. Uh, have you, uh, you haven't watched. Um, you haven't watched. Uh, she, oh, she played Gwen Stacy. Uh, Gwen Stacy in like Sam Raimi's uh, Spider Man. Didn't see it. <sighs> Jesus, dude. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't watch movies. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Uh, no, but uh, she, she directed one of. The, but uh, additionally, uh, you have Deborah Cho, uh, Rick Fumi Yawa. How are you pronounce that dude's name? Uh, Dave Filoni, as well as uh, Taika Watiti. Uh, I don't even know how if that's how you pronounce his name, but uh, anyways, they all directed it uh, episodes at least one episode of the, the series so far. Um, and then also uh, we have, as far as um, casting credit, we have a uh, Sarah Finn, uh, who is the casting by credit uh, and jumping into the cinematography. We have Barry Baz, 
Adan, as well as uh, Greg Fraser, who uh, who handled the cinematography duties on the show. And speaking of which, let's talk about that real quick. The cinematography, gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, hands down, it's nothing short. And, and I imagine the budget for fifteen this show per episode, per episode, per app. I just told you Ooh. that Ex Machina had a budget of. 15 million for the for entire, the entire movie. fucking movie. <laughs> 15 mil per, per show? Episode? I mean, per episode? Yeah, if this bombed. They're working with some good numbers. If this bombed. Yeah. Now, did Disney has the money. I know. But yeah, I know, um, right? like, they just wiped, <laughs> wiped their ass with 15 million. But, you know, $15 million per episode budget gives you the Whoa. flexibility. Could you to, imagine writing that episode or directing that episode? It's like, how much money did we got? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Bring is yeah, that craft more, services? Yeah, bring more of that. More. <laughs> and it's like you're not even pointing to anything. Yeah. You're just are you pointing to the sky? Like, more of that. More of it. <laughs> and then you're like, why am I eating this fucking sub? <laughs> Can we uh, get some fucking steaks on set? Yeah, some lobster. Bring in the flank. The yeah. flank steaks. Bring them in. Is that Chilean sea bass? <laughs> I'll have some of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean that gives you a lot of room to to make every scene visually stunning right yeah. without compromise you have the money to make stunning beautiful um uh visuals without yeah. compromising like the, the the writing and the story yeah um, um, but yeah cinematography is beautiful yeah, uh, the man, gorgeous, man. Uh, uh the thing that stands out the most to me uh again very on um like very on track with like what you expect from star wars but the costume design mm especially for the Mandalorian and, and you get to see his costume continue to, yeah, he, dude, to get fresh. Yeah. He got the new shit. Yeah. 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 He, he got that from uh, what, what, Zora. He got that from Zora online. Zara. Zara. Is that, is that what this thing's Yeah. Called? You could have went with a better retailer. Well, what retailer could I you got that? Like Supreme. Shit Supreme. My okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude came out there with the fucking, uh, with the, with the new line. Adidas. I wouldn't line. be surprised if Supreme drops like a Mandalorian <laughs> you know, collection. They or something should. Like that. They should. I feel like they're missing so, out on what Supreme they does don't. is they just take what's hot and then they slap the Supreme logo on it. That's really yeah. all they have to do. Cause they're, brand yeah is so it's so recognizable they're essentially the, the trump yeah the trump of uh fucking uh uh clothing yeah. i mean you're doing the same thing you just put that off white on anything yeah it's hot did you have you seen the footage of um when he dropped his ikea collection no nah. oh my god so uh, there there's video of like them open up the ikea store and people are rushing in running through the ikea yeah. store yeah to get like the virgil abloh sounds like, like welcome Americans. rug yeah well, yeah this was this was in over in europe sounds like europeans <laughs> 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 all right let's jump into the last category which is uh the music uh i think and i think we don't even have to spend long on this but uh the, the uh, of course the music by credit is ludwig uh gorison um uh that uh mandalorian theme song is haunting i love it i'm yeah. so into it the theme song is fant- it's fantastic fantastic can't really speak to anything else i think everything else is kind of standard fair but that fucking theme song is the shit i do love the sound that they use um throughout the movie which is like you know it's not necessarily music per se it, it really is just like sound effects right mm. but i mean sound, but that's like with star wars overall yeah. so it's like it's hard to it, it's on par right it, yeah. it's tracking with like what we're what we're used to um but it it's still 
it, it gives like a texture to the film yeah where it's like you know like this is not this is sci-fi this is yeah. not based on earth and the sound is just good yeah uh, not necessarily i'm not hearing a lot of music it's just great use of sound in certain scenes mm-hmm. uh, and again the uh the sound or the the score score yeah no no i'm sorry his uh or the theme song the theme song for the, yeah for the fantastic yeah uh okay ladies and gentlemen uh we're done with uh epi- episodes two through four uh of the mandalorian we might do some more depending on uh uh what we decide and when those episodes actually come out i don't even know when the fuck they come out uh, they just come they out, come out every friday so the do next episode really? is coming out this friday december 6th fair enough uh so we'll uh, take a gander at that once it comes back out um with that being said, uh, this is another fantastic fucking episode of the Fade Podcast. If you stuck with the podcast all the way through, then we know you're a fucking devoted fan of the show. But display that love for the show by hitting that like button, hitting that subscribe button, and then hitting that uh, share button with uh, and, and share the shit with anybody who you think could benefit from it, which uh, pretty much is everybody. So Everybody. Uh, Hashtag yeah, WNP Wednesday Night whatever. Podcast. Yeah. The, um, I, I don't know how to, like, I, I still don't know what you're saying when you say that. I still got lost. Even well, though you Wednesday Night Podcast? No, no, you explained it at the beginning. WNP? I still got lost. Yeah, this is the Wednesday quickly. Night Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're coming to you on a Wednesday because we will not be back uh, this this next Sunday because uh, just scheduling conflicts. I'm going to be out of, uh, out of town. Um, but in nonetheless, uh, yeah, I don't really have much more, so I think we'll, uh, go ahead and hit the usual fucking protocol. Fade out. Peace the fuck out. Bitch.